Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Oh my god. I think I'm organized. <laughs> I feel weird. It's like everything's in place. My my book's in the right place. My uh my, my mouse pad is over there or under with my phone on it. There it goes. <laughs> We've just come off a fabulous week. I mean, today we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some real fun today. Uh, in fact, I have no idea what exactly is going to happen. I think uh, uh, I think I forgot to write down that uh, Derek is off this week, and I'm pretty sure Tara knows to be on this week. We'll find out in a minute when she calls in. But uh, I, I'm just feeling really casual today. It's, it's, this is definitely oh, there she is. This is definitely Casual Friday, and so I got to make a theme for for Tara. Um, I got to find the barking dogs or, or some kind of appropriate theme for our, uh, our our chat here on the critters. But let me just bring her on right now because <laughs> this is so much fun. Tara D, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, doing well. How are you guys? Well, listen, we've had the most bang up week. I, I, I was just getting started, so I'm really I like it when people call early when they have reports. That way, I can bring you right on and we can we can talk about stuff. Otherwise, they end up vamping. <laughs> Never quite sure what's going to happen. We had have you um, you may not have heard because I know you're busy with the critters. Um, we had Trump's uh, attorney, uh, Christina Bob, on the show on Wednesday, and it was the most unbelievable 20 minutes. You know, we broke news. Oh, wow. We yeah, but that was that. very interesting. Yeah. Well, you can listen to it. Just catch the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So just go I back to um, yeah, our blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action, um, which is our, our website. I've got a new um, promo that I did with all our information and websites on it. But, yeah, it's worth checking out. I mean, it's really worth checking out. We uh, uh, Probably the biggest uh, revelation, well, it's two big revelations. One was that they think they've got the 2024 election fraud pretty much covered. Um, so they think they know mm-hmm. how they're going to do it. You know, everything's documented from, from 2,000 mules, you know, to uh, all the recordings, to all the mountains of evidence, to uh, the ballot harvesting, to everything else. So they think they pretty much know the dirty tricks. Um, the, the the wrong size ballot, you know, voting on, uh, you know, don't vote on, uh, say Republicans all want to vote on election day. And Democrats vote like a previous month ahead of time. So they're going to say, no, just right. vote as soon as you can. Get it in there <laughs> because stuff happens. Yeah, the other thing, vote, everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah do you have a comment on that? I, I'm just on kind of a roll here right now. Um, no, I do not because I want to I would. I'm definitely going to check that out. That sounds like super interesting for sure. So. Well, here's, here's what I thought was the most interesting part. We got to talking about RFK, uh, Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. And I'm not sure how we got onto it. But I asked her about that, and I said, you know, there's only two people that are uh, uh, both hated by their own parties and non-deep state candidates, and that's Donald Trump and and Robert Kennedy. And I said, um, can you see any place for, you know, Kennedy in a a Trump administration? She's like, yeah. I said, well, I was thinking health and human services so we can clean up the uh, the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, and all all the, the health bureaucracies. And she says, yeah, I was thinking CIA. I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah, so he can so uh, he can find out who killed his father and his uncle because uh, they did it. And she's just openly saying this right on the show, right? <laughs> so wow, like, big Whoa. stuff. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, so then I had an idea, and this is the last thing. On, uh, so I proposed. I said, okay, well, um, since we both agree on this, this is kind of cool to know because she talks directly to, to President Trump, someone I want uh-huh. to definitely get on the show here. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal here, so we can join oh, the yeah. campaign. Then, then you think you're known well now? <laughs> Believe me, you start reporting on the show, and we we got Trump's audience, you know, the the millions. We're talking millions. So I just wanted you to prepare mm-hmm. now for a possible, you know, status as a public figure. 
just get used to it. Fans adoring, you know, autographs the whole day. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. He definitely has. It's, it definitely has a. It's that celebrity fan base that he has. Instead, it's like you know, political. You know, yes, mm-hmm. he's a politician, but yeah, it's definitely he's got he's got a big celebrity. You know, like the celebrity fan base for sure. Yeah, but we could get millions of listeners, and, and we could be incredible. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Them. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. all the other well, things that's what that I'm are you now. talked the, about. The, the potential's there. Yeah, the potential's there. Wow, that's so, pretty uh, big stuff. Yeah, well, yeah, you're in the right place. You, you got here at the right time. So, uh, yeah, uh, just let just you and everybody, yeah, just let everybody else know too. I, I am fiercely loyal to people that join the show and stick with it. So, uh, that, I, the, when we do get that that place where we have millions of listeners, I'm not dumping everybody uh-huh. and getting celebrities. That's not going to happen. The show's not going to change. Uh, we'll just have That's a whole awesome. lot more impact. Uh, but if you're with the show now, you know, and all's going well, you'll be with the show when that huge break occurs. So that's not going to uh, uh, change. But you'll be able to reach a lot more people and talk about Oh, yeah. The more we reach, the better. Yeah. And, hey, mm-hmm. maybe we get a fancy celebrity to adopt an animal, and they do a big mm-hmm. thing on it and encourages more adoptions from shelters. So, yeah. Do you know who would be interesting now that I think about it? Uh, I'm Facebook friends, although we really haven't communicated much. Uh, Deirdre Imus, uh, Don Imus's wife or daughter, mm-hmm. I'm not sure which. I think it's his wife. Um, anyway, she's a big uh, animal pet supporter, huge. So I'm gonna make a note. I'm gonna make a note of that right now. See if I can get her on, especially on, on this. Yeah, because a you. lot of times, just you know, having that that person, that big face, just makes uh-huh. a world of difference on things. So even just uh-huh. one little line or something, and if somebody has a a person that they you know respect and pay attention to, they're like, oh, well, they said. I should go to shelter and check it out. So, you know, of course I gear everything back to shelter, but, you know, just in general, like a little bit of information by somebody that holds a lot of clout really, really makes a difference. Mm -hmm. I know. I agree. And it's interesting that people have been able to, to contact. We've got um, next, I should make this announcement too. Next Friday, we're going to start the show a little later. So I got to talk to you about that because we have uh, Brianna Latipo, who is uh, Dr. Joseph Latipo's uh, wife. She's the, uh, Joseph Latipo is the uh, surgeon general for Florida. He's the one that got us out of the vaccine mandates and things like that. Oh, um, Brianna, wow. is, she's really interesting uh, in her own right. So there's, it's like, you know, it's, it's fascinating when really interesting people marry other really interesting people. And mm-hmm. so she's, she's going to be on next week. So we'll be talking about that. But uh, we'll either reschedule you or if you can do it later in the day or something. We'll, we'll figure something out. Okay. Uh, yeah, Derek's going to be the hard one because he, once, once uh, you know, he's done with the report here, he's busy. Now, he's not here today, so we, we have a little bit more time to, uh, to hash out a bit. So, um, one more thing on, on politics, and we can get to the critters. Uh, one of the things I talked to Christina about is my idea that uh, Trump should not do this first debate with what I'm calling the uh, uh, the gelding GOP globalist goobers. Uh, this, that's, uh, this, that's what I call them, you know. Mostly was on the line, too. He was talking to uh, Christina as well. And he, he says, Greg, you, did you use the word goobers? I says, yeah, I did. Because I just thought of it. She says, I haven't heard that word in forever. So, yeah, so we're calling the, the GOP gelding globalist goobers. And so rather than debate uh, them and just have them beat up Trump because they're already preparing the lines, I said, mm-hmm. I said to Christina, what would you think of, of maybe having a discussion, uh, on-air live discussion? Because uh, she also works with uh, One American News. And I think Right Side mm-hmm. Broadcasting, she's on that too. I got a friend there, um, one of my friends, Jessica Rivera, who's a reporter who's uh, for Right Side Broadcasting. So I'm talking to everybody about this new idea that Trump and Robert Francis Kennedy should just sit down and have a really civil discussion uh, of the issues. Now, obviously, they have differences of opinion, but right. you know they're grownups, and and they yeah. that that meeting, if we could pull that off live during the same time the Goobers are debating, no one's going to watch the Goobers. They're <laughs> going to watch uh, they're going to watch Trump and Kennedy. 
Talk like yeah. grown-ups. Well, you know, yeah, and, that's, uh, that's the problem is that, you know, uh-huh. whether whether or not you're, you know, right or left, like there's so many things that people need to compromise and listen to the other party, and people don't listen to each other anymore. And, you know, there's a side to everything. You have to be willing to, like you said, have an adult discussion, not just uh-huh. flinging insults like we're in grade school, but let's listen to other people's opinions and and try to understand where they're coming from and why they feel that way so that, you know, you can everybody work together, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what um, what do you think of that, you know, as a as a thing? Because they're obviously, like I say, uh, Kennedy's a Democrat. Uh, I mean, yeah. a true Democrat. He, he's actually and that's what Christina said, too, that he's the last of the real Democrats. You know, right, and, and right. The, the party says, well, you're not a real Democrat. He's, and she's like, a Kennedy? <laughs> not a real Democrat. Uh, yeah. How, you can't get more Democrat than that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I think that would be an amazing thing to, to, to witness. And if it was successful, that would be like, wow, because that's. That's what we're so divisive, you know, mm-hmm. these days. And to have two people of opposite parties come together, uh, yeah, that that would be just something to see. And some, I think, you know, that'd be great things for our, for our future for the United States because like everything's just so divisive. And I think that when I see that, and you see it, you know, even locally, you see people just so adamantly mm-hmm. refusing to listen to other people's opinions. So to have two people of their stature sit down and actually talk together without hurling insults, that would be fantastic. I don't think they would do that. They're, they're beyond that. They're both. I don't know if Robert Kennedy's a billionaire, but he's rich enough not to be bribed. Um, so right. he's got plenty of money. You know, Trump's a billionaire. He's 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 rich enough not to be bribed. So they don't they're not influenced by the donors. They don't have to you know walk hat in hand and bow down and kiss the ring you know of the globalist mm-hmm. donors and say please give me money so I can be president so I can do what you want me to do. That's basically what they're saying. And so this mm-hmm. would separate these two as the non deep state folks from you know from the pack. Um, but do you think um, that when you talk about things being divisive, um, do you think that's intentional? Because it seems to be. I seems do, that, yeah. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so tell me what you think. I'm curious. I mean, I'm not well versed on politics myself, so I don't like to really speak of much unless I've done a lot of research, which my brother is like, he's my brother's active military, so he, he is, he, you know, he's always reading and watching things, and I'm not so much to kind of stay in my bubble. But yeah, I believe mm-hmm. it's. It's it's intentional so that people don't focus on main you know bigger issues. I think it's rich people distracting the masses so that they can go about their business and keep making money off of our backs, basically. So not I mean not as a whole, but I just kind of feel like you know we get distracted by this your, which team you're on, and then mm-hmm. things happen that people don't pay attention to. So. Well, see, that's what yeah, I want I definitely your think because you're not an expert in politics, and there's a lot yeah. of people, you know, voting who aren't experts in politics. Most, in fact, <laughs> you know, so the right. idea that <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and I don't, we we don't go by the cult of the expert here. Uh, mm-hmm. If that were the case, I'd never have regular people writing legislation. If if right, I right. Own, you know, if I insisted on lawyers being the only people that were qualified to do this, or or economists, the only people qualified to talk about the economy. Or as I say, you know, when someone says, well, you're not an expert. Do you have a medical degree? Can you talk about, uh, you know, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin? I said, of course I can. <laughs> you know, I don't have to have a medical degree. I, I say, I'm not a meteorologist, but I know when it's raining. <laughs> yeah, so, <you> know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's, let's – uh, why don't you reintroduce yourself again but before people totally forget who you are. <laughs> let's get okay. The so, yeah. Hi, everybody. So I am Tara D. I'm with Santa Rosa County Animal Services, and we're here for the weekly pup date to give you some updates on the shelter animals and what's going on here. And uh, if you want to check out our website, it's santarosa.fl.gov slash animals. You can call us at 850-983-4680, and our physical address is 4451 
Pine Forest Road, Milton, Florida. And so you can swing by Monday through Friday, 11.30 to 4.30, Saturdays 10 until 3.30. And then we do events uh, sometimes on the weekends. You'll see those on our Facebook page, and you can catch us out and about. You really should have your own show. You need to do an hour a week on Blog Talk, like on Saturdays when you're not at the shelter or maybe you're at the shelter or do it right from the shelter. Find a quiet room. Although the barking in the background might be kind of funny. It would contribute to the Well, yeah. Well, usually there's – yeah, today there's no dog in the office at the moment, but I'm sure that will change in a little bit. So it's a little quiet right now other than the AC, but uh, the dogs are definitely – you can you, you can faintly hear them from here, being you know outside. And it's when it's just staff, they're actually pretty quiet. Um, mm-hmm. When we open, we get people coming in and out. That's when they get a little more you know rowdy. But they're just excited to see some faces. So, you know, and, and quite frankly, uh, you know, dog barking and cat meowing is fine. You know, <laughs> unless it's bird screeching right in the microphone. Bird screeching might be a little tough to take, but uh, oh, you know, we yeah, get yeah. live. We get background sounds all the time because it's live radio. You know, we don't yeah. filter, we don't edit. You know, whatever happens, happens. Um, so you have an event. Uh, so a, a walking thing? What, what's, what's, I think I noticed that just yesterday on Facebook, and I put it on my page. Oh, yeah. So um, that's actually with the Friends of Santa Rosa County Animal Services, and mm-hmm. I – let me try to pull it up so I have the date. So they are actually a great 501 organization that was created to support the needs of the shelter, to help mm. us get things going, help adoptions, um, help animals in need if they can. They don't have a foster program. They basically do – things in a different manner they're small but mighty they have done some projects already and this is going into year two for for the group first year they were already uh you know doing some projects around here getting us uh, some fencing up um, mm. just different mm. things like that this year so far they um their main initiative has been to get microchip scanners for the fire departments and so they've been working on that they've already started that and i think they've got two or three uh, already set up so that way when we're closed or if it's a you know a time that someone can't get an animal maybe they live in Navarre and they don't want to or not able to drive all the way to the shelter they can still get that animal scanned which is one of the best ways to get an animal back to its owner so that's one of the great things they're doing so they are doing a sorry I'm trying to pull it up now so it's going to be a, a fun walk for animals and their pets or excuse me <laughs> pets and the pets and their owners to come on out and it's going to be at Baghdad Mill State uh, Baghdad Baghdad Mill Park and it's a really nice uh, park there and it's uh, going to be in the evening so we know it's really hot right now so they're trying to make it where it's you know at a better time of the day so I think it's like from four yeah, to six and you basically <laughs> yeah, so yeah I mean it'll be a little cooler yeah <laughs> so it's, it's going to be let's see here what that date is I believe it's in September and it's going to be from four to six so yeah they're going to do that as basically just a, a way to raise awareness of like their group what the shelters got going on to get people to kind of just hey let's Let's be active with our animals. Let's do something in the community. So that's going to be a fundraiser they're doing, and we're excited to see if they, you know, have a really good turnout because it's, you know, something different. So they wanted to do something that was a little different, uh, get some folks in there. And so uh, it's going to be actually September 9th, 4 to 7, at the Baghdad Mill State Park. And so you can go to the Friends Web page to get more information, and they'll have the sign-up, and they're going to have some vendors there. I know that they are still looking for vendors as well, so if you're interested in participating, participating in that. They are not charging a vendor fee. You can uh, contact them or contact me and I'll put you in touch with somebody uh, with the group. And it's, I think it's going to be a fun day and, and we're excited to see some animals out there with um, their owners just having a nice evening, taking a stroll. It's a beautiful park, so that should be a fun time. 
you know, I'm just thinking, I'm looking at my calendar here for the first, which is which gives people a week um, if they want to contact mm-hmm. or take part. I seem to have it on the day before, but I'm thinking, nah, because it's a Saturday night, so this is going to be a week and a day. But if you want to mm-hmm. bring them on the show as your guests, you know, on your oh, report, absolutely. have them call in. Um, okay. I've got plenty Got plenty of lines. Poof, not a problem. Okay. <laughs> we had 10 yeah, that would be fantastic. Day, so. We'll yeah, yeah, we'll definitely do that because um, yeah. they've you know they do a great job, and we're just really mm-hmm. excited to have you know have a, a 501 group because that allows also. So the shelter being a, a municipality, we cannot apply for some grants. We can apply for some things, obviously, but there are other areas that are specific to 501 to nonprofits. So that um, is an area that they are able to do is apply for different grants, and actually they they got one last year and. Uh, there's a there was an organization called 400 Pauls in Pensacola did wonderful work in the community, and we actually were able to receive a commercial was it the dryer no it was the washer commercial washer due to mm-hmm. their applying for a grant through there so um, they're always doing great things for the shelter doing fundraisers so you know if you are looking for a way to help the shelter but maybe you don't want to come in the Friends of Santa Rosa Shelter Group is just a, a fun and an, another way to help without being directly here with the animals. It's primarily they have a lot of folks in the south end, and so maybe if you live in Navarre and Gulf Breeze and you're like, ah, oh, it's too far to go, but I want to help, that's a great way to get involved. And the ladies and gents in the group do a really good job. So we would encourage people to check it out. I mean, we always accept volunteers at the shelter, but if you're looking for an, a, more of a an off-site way to help, that's a great way to help as well. Yeah, I was just thinking uh, a couple things. One, you should get yourself a microphone and a headset so you can broadcast directly from the shelter, you know, radio style. Uh, that way you could do your oh, show yeah. from there. That would be kind of cool. And the second thing uh, is it sounds like those folks should be on maybe every couple months, two or three months, depending on schedule, just so mm-hmm. just to keep an update of what they're doing. And I was oh, also yeah, thinking absolutely. rescue. Yeah, rescue services, too. So if you have mm-hmm. rescue services in the area that they want to come on and talk about their breed, you know, I want to feature mm-hmm. different breeds of, of cats and dogs anyway, uh, especially ones mm-hmm. that are good for this area and ones that are not so good for this area. Like, yeah, keep, your St. Right. Bernards, you know, keep your St. Bernards in Colorado, okay? They like it better. You know, Huskies, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Alaska, okay? Warm weather we dogs. We have so you know, many Huskies here. It is just crazy how many Huskies we have in the area. And actually, South Florida, they're one of our main Husky rescues, Husky Haven, they are based out of Miami. And they... Yeah. You would think, surely not, but yes, they have tons of, you know, tons of huskies going into rescue on a regular basis because people are like, oh, they're beautiful, but they don't really pay attention to their, their challenging dogs. They're awesome, but, you know, it's not for the faint of heart that wants just an easy-peasy dog. They're definitely come, come with challenges. They're a sled dog. Hello? Yeah. <laughs> Sleds that go on the snow? Does the word Iditarod mean anything to anybody? Exactly. It's like they went, dogs. yeah, hundreds of miles and they, in these, you know, different climates and, and definitely the climate was not Florida weather. It was the opposite. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a real challenge to, and people have Huskies and they do well, but they have to really be dedicated to making sure that they get the exercise that they need in, in climate that can sustain them you know they can't just be thrown outside because it's just gonna be so hot for them so but a lot of dogs struggle with that heat here i know at the shelter this past couple weeks we've really been having to keep a close on our pups because it's just just stifling hot and you know we're hosing some of the dogs down just to give them a nice little cool break because it's just oh it's just awful it sounds like they should sleep in the day and be awake at night. I don't know if you have, like, night hours or you could change your hours so that the times that they're yeah. awake just reverse their schedule uh, and just have, you know, just have it really quiet during the day so they just sleep. 
and then uh, maybe wake them up for breakfast, you know, at six or seven, or as, as the sun's starting to get a little bit lower. Now, the good news is the days are getting shorter, um, so that's going to yeah. help out. But as far oh, as yeah. huskies go, um, in, in, in especially South Florida, um, are people just stupid <laughs> or selfish or both? Or um, I'm, uh, yeah, just, yeah, I don't understand people all of those that, things, that do probably. this. Um, and I don't want to generalize people who have huskies because we have great husky owners. But I think if you're going to do it the right way, it's not just huskies. It's like you said, different breeds. If you're going to do your research and know what you're getting into and be able to mm-hmm. accommodate that animal so that they are happy, and that you are okay with everything, then that's awesome. But it, you know, it doesn't mean just because you live in Florida that husky can't be happy and well cared for. But as a whole, yeah, you may want to just do a little more research on the breed and what they were, what they were born to do, ideally, and say, okay, this this dog is a highly active dog. So if I'm a couch potato, that may not work. It may not work for me or the dog. So I would just suggest, yeah. you know, people do their research, see what they're getting into, and then make sure that you're willing to, you know, commit to whatever that exercise schedule is that animal needs to be happy and relaxed. Because if a dog doesn't get that that mental and physical stimulation that they need, they're going to be destructive in the house, and it's just going to come back on you, and you're going to be like, this dog's staring at my house or whatever. And it's like, yeah, because yes, you're, you didn't take him out for a walk. He was, Yeah, he was in the house for 12 hours, and he's an active working dog. So, of course, he's, like, trying to find something to do while you're at work. doesn't mean that dogs can't be highly successful in a home all day while you're at work, but you just have to make sure you give them that balance. So. For me, I am lazy when I get home, so I have a lazy dog. So, you know, it works well for us. She's a couch potato, and we don't have to do a whole lot. She just, you know, and but when I was younger and more active, I had, you know, I had shepherds, um, many shepherds over the years, uh, and they, you know, I used to run, so that was something that was okay because that gave them a job and gave me some exercise, and it worked well. But now, you know, I'm not running now, especially in the summer. So my dog is more fitting in my lifestyle now, and uh, so I think people just need to be a little more cognizant of that of what what's going on in your home and your household you know and make sure that you can accommodate the dog and you can make them happy because it's a it's a commitment and if you have a a dog that's like hyper and energetic and you're not it's going to be a struggle for you and for the dog so Mm -hmm. well there's timing too Oh, Marco just joined us from the Netherlands, so we're we're interna- we're truly international now. Uh, so that's oh, always cool. fun to know. Yeah, um, for you know timing. Uh, you know, if you were going to get a husky, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not picking on huskies or husky. Women maybe uh-huh. a little bit, um, but if you're going to get a dog like that, you know, a, a herding dog, a, a hunting dog, or some especially or a trail dog or a sled dog like a husky, mm-hmm. um, and you have you know like junior high kids that are on the cross country team, you know, you get a young dog and they can run with that mm-hmm. dog, mild. Now that's a good thing. And as they yeah, graduate exactly. high school and get to college, now the dog's going to be a little older, so maybe it doesn't want to run five miles a day yeah. on a cross-country team. Um, so there are ways to probably time, you know, the pets for their mm-hmm. age, you know, especially. So that would be something that would come to mind as something to do. But uh, if you're sedentary and older, you want a, you want a lap dog. You know, you want to yeah, or or a senior and dog and licks your elbow yeah, and, or something. You know, yeah. People overlook senior the senior dogs, dogs as well. So, um, yeah. you know, it can be an active breed, but they're they're kind of winding it up. So they're like, hey, okay, I've done all my exercise, you know, exercise when I was younger, and now it's time to kind of chill out and cool down and be a little mm-hmm. calmer mm-hmm. dog. So we actually have a senior special right now. We have about eight dogs, and we're going to post them later today, actually on our Facebook, that we're going to waive the fees for the rest of the month uh, for those adoptions. And you know, senior dogs are great uh if you 
don't want a dog that's extremely active, but you want a dog that maybe already knows how to be house trained, already knows, you know, how to ride in a car, and you don't have to, like, wear them out, you know, energetic-wise because just a nice a nice walk and some playing in the yard is going to be enough for them. You know, consider a senior dog. And when we say senior, we've got a couple dogs here that are, like, eight or nine years old, so they're not, like, you know, about to about to go over the Rainbow Bridge or anything. They still have a good amount of time left, but they're just, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they're in their mature stage where they don't need so much from you um, physically. And you can just enjoy, you know, hanging on the couch with the dog. Go for a walk, but you don't have to go for, like you said, a five-mile run. You can go for maybe a mile walk, and it's it's much easier. It still gives you, mm-hmm. a, you know, a companion pet. You still have that activity level where it gets you, up, gets you out and it creates a bond with the dog, but it's less strenuous for everybody. So we just really want to encourage people to think of the seniors. We have probably about eight right now that are what kind of breeds eight or older. Um, most of them are mixed breeds. We've got some bully mixes. I think there's a couple lab mixes. And then we have one just, you know, just a pure mutt. So uh, we've got about, yeah, I think about eight. But look on our website, not our website, look on our Facebook page later and you'll see some pictures of those guys. But if anybody's looking for a senior, you know, come on down and we'll be glad to set you up with someone. And uh, we do have, I think, two or three dogs that are, Definitely cat and dog friendly, so that's another thing. You know, if you have cats in the home, you do want to be careful when you get a new dog. We don't really have a way of testing them per se, but um, we're very lucky. Our medical team um, has a great little area in the back. A lot of times they are able to kind of assess dogs how they are with cats because they're doing a lot of treatment and triage. And so we have about two, I think two or three, well, one got adopted last week. So we have at least two dogs that are, you know, bonafide, cat friendly so that's exciting because i know sometimes if you have cats and dogs it's a little more difficult to find a dog that is definitely a match so if someone's looking for a cat friendly dog we have those as well so do you, i hate to ask this but do you do you ever lose cats to bigger dogs that are brought in to home and they're not compatible and they didn't really check it out at first or uh, we have had that happen the, Unfor- yeah unfortunately yeah. you know we have had situations where a dog has been adopted out and the right. cat situation right. being unknown and maybe they get out of the yard and you know there's a neighbor's cat out or something like that and we don't have a history so we always try to make sure we are extremely transparent when we do adopt like we do not know and we will tell them if we think there's going to be an issue we might say hey this dog has a high prey drive be aware we don't think it would do well with cats if someone gets a cat from or gets a dog from the shelter and they do have a cat and we honestly have no idea we do explain to them hey like there's a certain way to do it. Don't just stick them in the same room. You want to make sure your cat has an yeah. area to get away that feels safe. Keep your dog leashed up and then do it very, very slowly. And if your dog, your new dog just looks like they're going to eat them and you don't want that, you know, you don't want to take a chance with your cat. Sometimes they're just not compatible. And that mm-hmm. happens. It doesn't mean the dog is bad. It maybe just means that they've never been around cats and they see them as prey and that's just their mentality. And sometimes, you know, you can address that with training. Other times it's just a non-negotiable for the dog and you want to make sure everyone's safe. So um, with cats, same thing. Occasionally we'll adopt out a cat. The people mm-hmm. have dogs. The dogs are, do- are cat friendly. The cat hates the dog. We've had that happen where a cat mm-hmm. was brought back because he was literally beating up the dog because the dog <laughs> just wanted to be his friend and the cat was not having it. So that does happen. Sometimes it's not a perfect match. So we no, do, that's, that's why we have like a 30-day... I did return sounds right with with the claws. 
Yeah, they can. You know, they can pop an eye or whatever. Obviously, usually the dogs are going to do more damage, but the cats okay. are pretty good at defending themselves if they have to, but, you know, they still have to have a safe place to go. So with introductions, we encourage people to just do your research. Slow introductions are better and always, right. you yeah. know, make sure you're doing it in a safe way. Um, certain things that people even with new dogs coming into a home with other dogs. They can be super dog friendly, but there can be certain things that will trigger them. Maybe this dog came from an environment where he had no food and he's always hungry. Well, you know, separate your dogs when they eat. Don't put their bowls together and expect nothing to happen because you just don't know. Your dog might suddenly get defensive because he's never had to worry about another dog sniffing his food before. So just things like that, toys and treats are big triggers, you know, for dogs. So, you know, we always encourage people to pay attention to that. You know, it's like wolves are a pack animal. Do they have to establish a, 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 a priority order or whatever, a pecking order or an alpha? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like alpha pets yeah, and Okay. Yeah, definitely. Sure. So, yeah, and you'll see that, um, you know, when, when you, if you have more than one dog at home, there's going to be a lead dog, and it depends on the age of the dog. It depends on the sex of the dog sometimes. Whoever kind of takes that role, that's where you may see dog fights at home is if there's, two dogs that are kind of, you know, vying for that top spot. Ideally, it's going to be the human in the home, and if the human is doing doing it the right way, then generally everything will go smoothly. But usually there is a dog, you know, that's going to be kind of the top dog, and everybody should follow suit. You'll see it when people have multiple dogs. Like mm-hmm. I had a German Shepherd female, and she was the boss of the other dogs. <laughs> I had like four at the time. When she right. passed, um, the dynamics of the other dogs started to change because I had a younger a German Shepherd and an older Rottweiler, and so they started kind of battling for who was going to be in charge. So, you know, things like that do happen, but we just encourage people. There are great trainers in the area, so if you've committed to this animal and you've had them for a while, you know, don't just say, oh, my gosh, she's suddenly doing this. The first thing you ever want to do is make sure there's nothing medical wrong with an animal if they start displaying strange behavior. You know, so maybe he's snappy with your other dog and he never was before. Get him to the vet, get him checked out, and then if everything's okay, you mark that off the list. And then you look at your environment, see if something in the home has changed. There's many times it's something different, like maybe maybe the son went off to college, maybe a new person mm-hmm. moved in. Those things are, you know, big lifestyle changes, changes right. for pets. Yeah, and so it can change their behavior, and then there are great trainers in the area if, you know, if you're having pet problems amongst a new pet and an old pet or vice versa. I mean, there are definitely ways to address those things without just saying, oh, I don't want this dog anymore. Hmm. I can just see if you had uh, people like had three young male dogs, one female, uh, they had been neutered, and (laughs) Stuff happens, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, and that happens. Like, we will have calls um, even when there's an an unspayed female, and if she's, you know, in her own yard, the officers will get calls. Multiple dogs are, like, sitting Mm -hmm. around this property or trying to jump into the fence. So as a a pet owner, obviously you want to spay and neuter your pets, male and female, but you do have to be aware if you have an unspayed female, it is your job to keep them contained. So if a dog jumps into your yard and your female is not contained, Technically, that's that's on you because she's a you know she's a female in season. It's your job right. to keep her contained and safe. So obviously, we don't want other people's dogs jumping in our yard. But it you know the responsibility lies on each pet owner to take care of Stuff their pets. And then yeah, and then try to do the right thing. And you know if your dogs if you live in a leash all area, your dog shouldn't be running loose. Period. So there's no reason your intact mouse should have been out anyway. But it happens. But you know we just hope that people that will think about things like that because that's when kids get hurt and, 
the bites occur, dogs get hit by cars. So those are things that can be avoided if they're kept on their property, you know, per law. So. Okay. Well, I got Derek here. Uh, I thought it was opposite. So to be honest, so he, he, I'll, make, I'll make him live. I'll make him live too. See if he has any dog questions. Hey, Derek, you got any dog questions for uh, for Charity from the animal shelter? Mm, no, but I have a strong <laughs> dislike for pit bulls. <laughs> oh, that's dislike for pit bulls. Oh, I I've been attacked twice by pit bulls by oh. pit bulls from Happy Homes. <laughs> oh know, goodness! Just, well, uh, I can see where that yeah. would would cause cause a bit of a resentment towards that breed. We see so many bully mixes here, and I've you know worked here for many years. Just a lot of a lot of times, just my personal experience here. Like I would go in a in a kennel with them any day over a Chihuahua, which I could I'll go in a kennel with Chihuahuas as well. But the likelihood of being bit is going to be the Chihuahua versus the other guy. But Again, oh, that's one of those things that depends on a lot of times just circumstantial and how they're breaking. What are you doing? I've got an office friend now that just came in. so. <laughs> well, i got to let you yeah. go anyway, so uh, let's get your, your contact stuff. Uh, unless, uh, okay. Derek, do you have any other questions? Um, now that we got, I, I, I don't match you up yet. No, okay, fine. We'll talk economics. Yeah, so uh, let's get your contact one more time, Tara. And uh, okay, any pets sure. that are available so, that you want to feature, and then uh, we'll, uh, we'll yeah. see you next week. So Santa Rosa County Animal Services, 4451 Pine Forest Road, Milton, Florida. You can give us a call at 850-983-4680 or go to our website, santarosa.fl.gov slash animals, or check out our Facebook page. And this Saturday, we're going to be at the American Legion on Spikes Way from 11 till 2. Come see us and meet a couple pups. Yay. Sounds good. Thank you, Tara. All right. We, we should get you an Thank hour you. Have a great Obviously, week. We have more to talk about. We've got to talk about get you, giving you like an hour report or something like that. I'll, I'll talk to you about that later. Okay. We, we always All right. Sounds to good. You guys more. have a great, a great uh, weekend. This is Friday. All right. Thanks, Tara. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. Let's talk money. Money. What is it? How does it work? How do you get it to work for you? So many choices. Stocks. Bonds. Mutual funds. Commodities. And then there are the markets, oil, gold, manufacturing, trade, energy, even government. To make sense of all the places your money can go, Derek Park, our Action Radio financial reporter, joins us Fridays at this time to make sense of the markets and your money. I get so confused with your schedule. I'm, I'm never really sure, and I don't think about it because I, I only do the shows like the night before because there's so much happening with each uh, each show. So uh, I thought you were off this week, but that's yeah. okay. I'd rather have uh, you here to talk to about uh, all the economic stuff that's going on. So what's happening? How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Um, I, we've had such an amazing week. I was telling uh, Tara about it earlier. We had Christina Bob, uh, Trump's attorney, uh, on Wednesday. So if you want to hear something Fabulous and unbelievable. Uh, that was uh, that's a great thing to. That was an amazing interview, and I'm still trying to connect with their campaign and, and just that we just took a big step. So you never know. We'll get Trump on the air one day. Yeah, man, I think it'd be cool to see. Yeah. So what's happening with you? What's happening in economics? What's happening in the markets? Have uh, things seem a little quiet for some reason, or, or is it just like the gradual? Uh, I don't know what's going on. I mean, I haven't heard any big news of late. So, kind of, so I worry when I don't hear. Um, like, what are they not telling? Pretty me? much since the uh, the credit uh, downgrade, you know, the market uh, market hasn't really reacted too positively to that. So it's kind of been up, mm-hmm. down, up, down, up, down. 
Um, you know, the yesterday um, CPI data, the data that builds where they where they um, um, you know basically where they get the inflation report from. Um, uh-huh. You know, uh, it came in a little at 3.2, below expectations of 3.3. So um, you know, inflation's kind of kind of going sideways right now, rather than rather than going down. Um, you so know, so. Um, no, I mean, you know, each month they do a report and say, hey, where's it going? And, uh-huh. you know, as of as of right now, um, you know, it's 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 not trailing down as fast as they'd hoped, you know, so. Um, that's because they're borrowing you know, money that's still. That kind of, <laughs> they're still borrowing yeah, and spending so. money. What are these, what's wrong with these people? Yeah, yeah they right. know what causes that's, inflation. Uh, yeah, that spooks the market a little bit, um, uh-huh. you know, so um, it, it's not bad. It's not damning, you know, but um, obviously – that could mean the Fed has to raise rates a little bit more, you know, to kind of get what they want. Um, you know, hopefully, I, I think the Fed, um, you know, isn't going to have to do it. I think things are things are going to calm, especially with school kind of kicking back up. You know, people, you know, in the summertime naturally spend more. You know, I mean, if you want to go rewind time, um, June, um, you know, we had a spike in inflation last year, which kind of caused mm-hmm. the market to kind of spiral backwards, and we had another one in October. Um, October was a little bit of an outlier, um, but huh. uh, in June, you know, I mean, the summertime and uh, spending always spikes. <laughs> it's like it's it's normal, you know. So uh, it was kind of it kind of kind of forecasted, um, you know. But yeah, uh, vacations, the kids are out of school, you know, you know, buying gasoline, you know, this stuff happens. It's the summertime, right? Right? Huh. Yeah. So. Um, um, you know, I mean, where we're at right now, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's, 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 is it a little bit of a, you know, edgy time? Yeah. I mean, I still think we're there until, until Fed has officially said, yeah, inflation is kind of dead where it's at, uh, and they're going the other direction. I think the markets are kind of going to be on edge. Hmm. Well, it's also summertime and so the dog days of August, so things should be a little slower, but I think kids, I think kids just start back in school. So that's going to start and kick things, uh, uh, over too. Um, what is the current rate of inflation? Is it, you said it was 3%, 3.2? Um, hold on a second. I was like trying to get Cause something that seems out of the report here. But that's cumulative. Um, that, that's on top that? of, you know, 9% last year. Let's see here. CPI data came in at 3.2, below expectations of 3.3. That's the data. Um, I think it's at 3.9. It doesn't specify here. Hold on. Let me let me go to another place because we have it in multiple places. Of course, it never would be easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, that's normal, I find. Anytime I do research, I have to wade through, uh, you know, 50 stories from the left before I get a decent story. That's for any topic. Just pick one. <laughs> you always have to left this stuff up front. Well, here's the thing, though. People forget. With inflation, it's cumulative. So the 3% rate now is on top of the 3%, you know, last uh, – is it, I don't know how often they do it. But it's a cumulative thing. So do they give, like, an end-of-the-year yeah. inflation? So what was the – for 2022, what was the um, inflation? I'd have to look that up specifically. Okay. Give me, do you have a ballpark? It's like somewhere between seven and ten. I don't, because um, okay. I don't, I don't, I don't have it off the top of my head. But okay, I know so it closed the year probably, probably upwards of about seven percent. Okay, so that and then twenty twenty one, you know, we had uh, Brandon <laughs> assume the White House, shall we say, um, and so that, you know, with all the spending that he brought in, that that kicked it going big time. 
You know, so from 2021, their inflation, which was probably 9%, plus 7% in 2022, so that's what, 16? Mm-hmm. Plus, yeah. Yeah. you know, we've got 3% now, that's 19, plus we're going to have another probably 2 3% by the end of the year because we're only halfway through. Uh, so now we're talking 20% inflation in, in, in two years. Yeah. So the CPI is it is it three point three? They were expecting okay. it to be a three point two. That's what yeah, the, but that's, the that's, that's one tenth of a of a percent. That's not a that's not a huge amount, or is that a huge amount? Not really. You know, I mean, um, okay. Um, you know, it's still it's still trailed down. They were expecting it to trail down more. It was three point nine last month. Right. You know, so um, you know, expectation management, I guess. You know, I mean, uh, the bottom line was it still went down. Um, you know, the market actually yesterday kind of spiked. It was up over 1%, and then throughout mm-hmm. the day, it just kind of kind of chewed up all the way down to flat. Um, it's kind of disappointing. Um, you know, and then um, obviously, uh, um, you know, I think for the next week or so, you know, we're probably going to be very similar until, you know, until the, until the market can find its footings. Well, a couple of things are going on. Um, we've got – the August recess, so Congress is in session. They're not spending money. But as soon as they come back mm-hmm. after Labor Day, the 2024 campaign kicks off. And they're going to start spending right. money. You know, right. And that's going to create inflation. And that's going to make things worse, which means the Fed's going to have to raise interest rates because they don't do what they're supposed to do, which is stop the spending and stop the borrowing. That's the cure for inflation. You know, the, the, yeah, I, I, we, think, uh, I think personally, I mean, even when the campaigning starts, that's supposed to come from, you know, their separate funds. So I don't. I don't um um I don't necessarily see them um you know, I don't I don't see inflation spiking based on more spending. I think okay. they're pretty much done with that and and you're not going to see any more budgets and things like that. I think everybody's kind of staving it off for the presidential race. But they've got a budget. They've got they've got the fiscal year 2024 budget. They have to do that in they September. They do, but I'm, I'm I'm talking about these extra things that were tossed in there. Oh, okay. And, you know, the, yeah, the yeah, trillion yeah. dollar okay. magic I fund saw, on, the, on the horizon. Right, right. I saw okay. something that said uh, that said uh, defense spending was supposed to go up because of inflation and the cost of you know certain things. So you know, I think it, mm-hmm. it's like at six hundred and fifty billion. They're going to take it up to seven twenty. You know. Um, you know, was a was a consideration. I, do, I I can't remember what I saw that on. Um, well, you know, it, but, you know, well, it's fascinating to me that probably the most important thing the government does is defend the country, and yet they're only spending. They're not even spending a trillion dollars on our defense, which I don't mind spending a trillion dollars on our defense. You know, there's like I think it's around six hundred, seven hundred billion. But you consider the they gave them a trillion dollars to COVID, which was a total waste. So they wasted more money on COVID that didn't have to be spent. They wasted more money on a bunch of other things that didn't have to be spent. You know, infrastructure, inflation reduction, COVID. You know, uh, all the um, the unemployment stuff. So you, so you get five trillion dollars of totally wasted spending, and they're spending less than a trillion on our defense. These people are totally screwed up in their priorities. They could have had a better defense. They could, because China's getting very active. I was just reading something uh, um, about uh, South China Sea. We, don't, didn't they have uh, uh, Russia and China had naval exercises off the Aleutians this week? That's um, insane. I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, I mean, point being that I don't mind defense spending. I don't think most Americans mind defense spending. You know, and you can see the results. When you see the Blue Angels or you see aircraft carriers or you see, you know, huge army troops or when you see things, you know, being defended or rescued or things like that, you can see the military. You actually see where it's being spent. Who sees Social Security or Medicare? Or who sees, you know, unless you're on it, um, but who sees the, uh, you know, the, the, um, the infrastructure or the Inflation Reduction Act? I mean, I don't think anybody's seeing any inflation reduction because we don't have it. So at least with the military, you see where the money is going for the most part. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that. I mean, you know, nobody, nobody has the eyes on the, um, you know, Social Security budget. I agree with that. Um, I mean, I, you know, I do believe inflation is on the run. Um, you know, the market would mean? not be – would say again? Well, on the run means it's getting worse or better? Getting better. Higher you know, lower. I mean, I think it's going, better. It's, okay. it's going down. You know, I mean, okay, like uh, actually, you know, China, we are experiencing deflation, right? It's not at a rate that most people are, are you know, staggeringly happy with. Um, you know, 75 to 80 percent of the stuff and the goods we buy have reduced uh-huh. in price, right? The things we buy most are the things that are not – not budging, i.e., food and housing, right? Right. Um, okay. You know, those are, those are those are two of the biggest things. And and you know, when it comes to that, it's it's you know, utility costs are going to potentially rise uh, mm-hmm. because of more houses, you know, more mouth to feed, so on and so forth. Um, you know, another interesting note is, um, you know, some of the market volatility was caused by China markets basically saying they're experiencing deflation at an astronomical rate. Um, well, you know, so you know. It, it, it is a good thing, but the problem is, is there's not demand, <laughs> so they're stacking this stuff up, you know, which means that they're going to have to start discounting these prices, which means that there could be losses, um, you know. So well, that's the whole point of inflation um, is is to uh, is to bring the prices down. See, this is the part people oh, don't sure. see. Yeah, 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 but the economy, you know, there's still an impact from it. it, it while yeah. it while it breathes well and it sounds good for yeah. everybody on the on the buying end, um, uh-huh. you know, the companies when they when they lose money, you know, people tend to lose jobs. You know what I mean? There's backlash for that. Oh yeah, you know, no, so, there's always things. Uh, yeah, I mean, but they lose, they could lose jobs anyway. I mean, companies, especially in this country, pack up and go to labor markets. So it's it's not necessarily. Oh, uh, I'm just you know. Yeah, yeah. Just no, but, being sick, you know, sick like you know, there's there's uh, there's cause and effect, right? Um, right. You know, so, um, you know, when, when you get that kind of stuff, you know, the market is, is going to react. So, you know, I mean, the good news is, is, is you know, if, if they're having a discount for us buying mm-hmm. stuff from them, it's going to get significantly mm-hmm. cheaper. Not to mention our dollar bill right now is blowing through the roof. You know what I mean? It's extremely powerful right now. That's um, good. You know, so, yeah, well, purchasing power globally is, uh, right. is phenomenal. You know, uh, is that because everybody else's you know, currency it, has it, dropped? Because our the value of our dollar has to have dropped because of the inflation. But yeah, the so drop more? you know what's what's going to happen is is like you know uh-huh. because we're kind of leading the way in this stuff. Right. Eventually, ours is going to start declining, and theirs is going to start increasing. You know what I mean? Mm. So it, it right. all works cyclical, right? Um, can it all be in tandem? Yes, it can, but it's normally pretty rare by the way it, it works. You know what I mean? Everybody either trails or is ahead of where our economy is, right? Um, and that that is the that's the way it naturally works because of the way the goods and services. I mean, you got two of the big powerhouses. I mean, you got two two countries that control fifty percent of the world's GDP. You know, what I mean, China mm-hmm. and, and and U.S. Right? right, all on opposite mm-hmm. sides of the world. Right, you know, so China um, is not a big exporter of of food. You know, 
I mean, except like manufactured foods, right? Not natural foods and things like that, like fruits and vegetables and things, right? right. They're a manufacturer of industry and, um, you know, um, uh, um, you know, uh, textiles and, and, you know, uh, machinery and things like that. Right. Um, you know, so you go to the U S you know, our, one of our biggest export, well, two biggest export is automobiles and food, <laughs> you know, that's non-perishable and, and, um, organic or, or, you know, fruits and vegetables and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, like you've got these two things that are required everywhere on opposite sides of the world. So, you know, it, it, if you look at where those industries fall in the economic cycle, they're normally like on opposite sides of the pole, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like industry is doing good and foods and stuff are doing bad. And then foods are doing good and industry is doing bad. You know what I mean? Like they, they normally, um, there's like a chart that, that shows the economic wave and it shows where all these things fall in, whether they're on the up or down slope. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. No, all this makes sense. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting that yeah. the orientation though, that the market always presents from the large corporation. Oh, large corporation is going to lose jobs. Well, I could look at that and say, these people might be able to form small corporations that are more efficient, you know? So losing mm-hmm. a job is not necessarily in of itself in the short term. It's a bad thing because obviously you, you suffer an income loss, but in the long term, it might not be such a bad thing. I lost a job. I got fired. You know, from WBY, mm-hmm. you know, back in 2018. Okay. So he regrouped, start yeah. again. You know, I looked for another job. I couldn't find one. So I started a blog talk, you know, created my own show, which uh, potential right. income potential wise and growth wise is unlimited. Whereas if I stayed with WBY, I'd always be under the owners and what they would tell me what to do. So in other words, I had, mm-hmm. you know, a, a good, you know, company job. I worked for a company. Um, now I have freedom that I couldn't, couldn't possibly have imagined before. But on the other hand, I don't have the backing of the radio station. So there's, there's all kinds of, of things either way. Um, it's like the buggy whips. Do we keep people making buggy whips when we don't have buggies? You know, or did they go on and, and build something else like auto parts? I mean, it, there's always another way. And so I, I don't look at it from the large corporation's point of view, or the, especially the large bank's point of view, the central banks, you know, the Fed uh, and all the, the, the largest banks. And so well, we can't have deflation. So yeah, you can. Because we want to transfer the value of that money back to the American people away from you people, you know, because they've engineered inflation. There's, nobody understands this. When the, they say this all the time in the news. Well, the Fed has decided that uh, 2% is the, uh, you know, the goal of inflation. I said, that's terrible. My goal is 5% deflation. That'd be wonderful for us. You know, would that change the economy? Absolutely. Would we have to adjust? You bet. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great? Yeah. You know, oh, sure. That's the whole point of our, yeah. of our bill. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, I actually find it interesting. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the fact that inflation fell quickly enough, while you and I both know the Fed is a day late and a dollar short, uh, you know, they may have staved off recession, whether we've been in one or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm talking about as soon as the NBER says, you know, hey, we've either been in, infl- infl- uh, in, in recession or not been in recession. Um, mm-hmm. You know, does that mean that we haven't recessed? No. Um, you know, but bottom line <laughs> is, it, yeah. is uh, yeah. yeah, right, right. You know, so if they do stave off recession, you know, from the from the written standpoint or, you know, whoever's going to identify it as that, I think that would be pretty impressive because that would mean the Fed is getting a little bit better at their job, um, you know, than they've done in the past. But if they're really good at their job, they would have told, you know, Congress not to borrow the money in the first place. They would have said there's no reason to raise the debt ceiling to meet our obligations. The, the object is to lower the obligations to meet the debt ceiling. You know, I mean, they could, there's so much a better job they could do. 
So they're doing an okay job. In other words, you know, inflation is not as bad as it could be. The recession isn't as bad as it could be, or, or excuse me, maybe they can just get away with not naming it a recession so they don't have that label on their heads. But quite frankly, if they're really doing a good job, they would schedule in a couple of percent deflation. They would help the American people. They would, uh, you know, increase the value of our dollar. Uh, but they're not going to do that because they're in business for themselves. And that's the thing people forget. The Fed is a business. It's not a government organization. I mean, yeah, we call it the Fed, the Federal Reserve, but it's neither federal nor do they have a reserve. The Treasury has the reserve. So they're lying. The whole basis of that organization is a lie. And that should be brought out occasionally, right. too, just to kind of keep it in perspective. They're not in it for us, right. folks. They're not in it for us. So anytime they give you information, <laughs> we'll need to, uh, to uh, raise the interest rates to uh, lower the rate of inflation so that we uh, maintain our 2 to 3%. It used to be 3% was their inflation goal. They, they've gotten scared. So now they're saying 2% inflation goal. No, that's not the goal. It's like uh, when they used to say that unemployment at 4% was, was 0%. No, it's 4% unemployment. Well, that's our goal because, you know, that's what we want to maintain. Why? So there's pressure on people to keep mm-hmm. wages low. That's why they want to have 4% unemployment. So that, but they call it zero. Well, it's the same thing as, no, it's not. You know, 0% unemployment is 0% unemployment. And, and so people don't understand that, that they purposely engineer unemployment into the system to keep wages down. So all this stuff goes on, and right. this is, we're here for two. I mean, this is what we're here for. Let's get to, we better get to the report, or you're going to be gone in like six minutes <laughs> or seven minutes, or we better yeah. make sure we get that covered. Yeah. Eight minutes. There let, me, uh, let me get it pulled back up here. Give me just one second. You can always start with it, too. Just tell me. You know, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an upwise. You know, it doesn't. I shouldn't. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter. I mean, it's, um, well, we get the information know, covered. It's, it's, yeah. Right. Um, all right. Here. There it goes. Come on. Come on. Today, Junior. Going slow. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Derek with the uh, Action Radio uh, Economic Report. Markets finished flat following the July CPI CPI data. Equity markets finished flat on the day as U.S. CPI data continued to show signs of moderation. Headline CPI data for for July came in at 3.2, below expectations of 3.3, while core CPI data came in at 4.7, below last month's 4.8 reading. Um, after falling um, falling t- to the start of the day, Treasury bonds yields finished higher with the 10-year Treasury up to uh, 0.1% to 4.1%. Uh, inflation data continuously moving in the right direction. Markets are expecting the Fed to remain on pause with rate hikes for the remainder of this year. Paid U.S. Pay. equities closed higher. <laughs> <laughs> U.S. equities close higher today with the Dow Jones up 53 points or 0.15 to 35.176. NASDAQ closed up 16 points or 0.12 to 13.738. And S&P 500 closed up uh, one points or 0.003 to 44.69. And the commodity markets, uh, price of crude oil was down to dollar fifty-three or one point eight one percent to eighty-two eighty-seven, and the spot price of gold was down four dollars and eighty cents or negative point two five to nineteen forty-five uh, and eighty cents. This is Derek with um, Action Radio uh, Economic Report. You can get me at eight five zero nine nine five zero zero eight two. You know, you can always say page two, or you just say, Greg, can you say page two? And I'll do my Paul Harvey. And now, <laughs> page two. Do you remember Paul Harvey? Yeah. Do you ever hear I, him on his brush? No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. He was on for, for decades. I mean, he was before my time. I mean, I, only, I caught, you know, I remember him in the 80s. 
Um, but uh, he dominated everybody. He had like a thousand stations, and the guy was like all forehead. Did you ever see a picture of him? He looks like an alien because uh, he had like like yeah. lines to his forehead. You know, his eyes were really low, and his forehead was huge. And he looked his kid looks like an alien too. So there's definitely an alien family. Um, but uh, Paul Harvey was amazing. Uh, his stories, he would do the the uh, news reports, but he always you know he'd talk about head red Gorbachev, you know, and now. Had read Gorbachev says today, you know, and he had no problem saying, and our president did something wonderful, and their leader was, you know, sucks. You know, he was really blatant. He said, that's what we call it news and commentary. So Paul Harvey, if you want to check out stuff, uh, he was like a model for all kinds of folks. Even Rush Limbaugh, you know, learned from Paul Harvey. So we all did. So right. it's, it's kind of funny. So anybody that has an iconic voice, like, and uh, now the rest of the story. You know, it's just kind of fun. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. gas prices are up and oil is down. I find that interesting. Yeah, so so well, oil is not necessarily down. Oil is has crossed the threshold of the the eighty dollars a barrel. It was up to oh, about eighty five. Yeah, oh, okay, it, it, it was down yeah, from eighty five. So, okay, so it's yeah, up it's then. on its on its way back down. So you know, I mean, gas has crept up over three fifty a gallon again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so um, you know, we're seeing that this is definitely the effects of you know the the oil cut from OPEC. Um, you know that, okay. that typically takes a couple months to kind of to kind of grab hold. So, you know, again, um, you know, as, as we said before, you know, I mean, if the if the GOP gets involved um, next year, you're going to see those oil leases open back up. You know, I mean, we should start to see cheaper gas again as we, you know, express our independence. Use our own oil. oil. What a concept. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Trump, proves, uh, Trump actually proved the lie because they said it would take too many years. The Democrats and even the Republicans were saying this for a long time. It would take too long to get our own domestic supply. We don't have that much. The world's running out of oil. We have to go green. And we all knew it was a lie. We all knew there's plenty of oil. I, mean, I flew um, my daughter up to Alaska. We actually flew by the Anwar. Do you know how big the Anwar is? Have you been up to Alaska? It's huge. I mean, it goes on as far as the eye can see. Um, so it's a yeah. massive, massive amount of land. And there's tons of oil under it. You know, we did a show that the, the Western the Western states don't belong to the federal government anyway. They, they've stolen them. So they can states can take that land back any time. But uh, the two things are gone. That's interesting about the oil cutbacks in production. I was wondering when that was going to kick in. But also, Brandon doesn't have the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to uh, to use to to make his uh, uh, economy and, and his prospect for, uh, you know, re-election look any better. But they don't have it anymore. It's gone, or most of it's gone. You know, it's way down. Right. So they can't just dish out several you know billion gallons and and uh, you know flood the market but i always said they wanted to drain that anyway because the liberals hate the left hates uh the, the petroleum reserve because they want us on uh wind and solar but that's not going to make it mm. are those stocks going mm-hmm. up at all energy or, or uh green solar, energy stocks? solar is getting slaughtered right now interesting yeah so if you look at the the, the companies that um let me look at this this one real quick um, I'm going to look at one of the biggest ones. Mm, they're actually doing good, but the part suppliers for the companies, um, if you look at one of them, I mean, they've gone down. I mean, look at what there's, this is one that controls, uh, the power modules, like pretty much they're the only company mm-hmm. in the past year. They've gone down 55%. Meaning the stocks dropped 55%. That's a lot. That's One huge. of them That's has over half. The, the main wow. The main uh, company that provides their some of their parts that control and regulate the power that's pulled off of the solar panels. 
um, you know, that company literally is, is they almost own a monopoly in that sector. Um, huh. You know, it's, it's, it's a stock that if you've owned it for five years, it's up 2,300%. Wow. <laughs> but, so, but now, but yeah, it's also it's, down it, of late. Uh, it is. Yeah. Cause it hit, it hit, uh, 339 a year ago, and then it's down to like, you know, 150. Huh, interesting. Let me get Piaki in before, uh, before you have to disappear. Um, but this, this whole solar energy, you know, it's just, uh, you, you can't run the country on solar energy. I mean, it's great on your own individual home, especially if you can sell power back to the, the power company, but apparently they don't even want that anymore. Piaki, we got probably yeah. two minutes with Derek, so let me let you ask a question real quick. Well, Derek may mention about the GOP getting back in office, <clears throat> then he could start pumping oil. Well, if states take back their land, they could never have stopped pumping oil. We the just federal government that, yeah. is controlling oil land that they're not supposed to be controlling. Mm-hmm. So one mm-hmm. would have to wonder. Yeah, are we the only uh, people that you know, know that? I, <laughs> Derek, I mean, nobody else talks yeah. about that. It's illegal yeah. land. The Constitution, you know, makes it very clear that that's state land. Federal government has no business owning eighty percent of Nevada. It's not. It's not government. It's not federal government land, and yet they get away with it. Where's Nevada? Don't they even care? Uh, well, you know, I I don't know. You know, I mean, that's that gets into yeah. some areas that is, that is yeah. very politically specific. You know, I mean, do, yeah. You know, I want to ask you that then. Is, well, what are what are the big oil producing states? Um, Pennsylvania, Texas, Oklahoma. Who else pro- are major oil producers? California, major Louisiana. Louisiana. Well, there you I go. Know Mississippi's okay. got some. Okay. Um, California. Southern California does. Um, Bakersfield. Yeah, Nevada. Though. Right. Okay. Or is it is it Nevada or Nevada? I'm, I always get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Nevada. Nevada. Unless there you, you go. The Mustang okay. Ranch, and you don't care. Okay, anyway, yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, is there oil up north, like like the the Dakotas or Wyoming or those places? Have they explored for oil? I don't know the answer to that. I believe that there is in the Dakotas, uh, but I also know there's pipelines there that come down from Canada. Well, we can always attach a, a an attachment to it. <laughs> you know, I don't know how you meter it in, but there must be a way to do that. Well, the reason I'm curious is because of what Pianchi said. We had a two-hour special with Roger Roots, who was the Bundy's attorney. If you remember the Bundy Ranch BLM uh, yeah. episode. And we talked about how the fact that this is not federal land, that the states could take that land anytime they wanted. And the oil-producing states, especially Texas, what the hell is Texas? You know, they should be producing their own oil and just selling it, or they probably are. And Pennsylvania probably doesn't have a lot of federal land because they're east east coast and they were one of the earlier states. I'm just I'm, in the last minute before you have to dash. I don't know how much you know about this, but I'd be curious. You know, where was Trump getting his oil from when when Trump was getting oil? Oh, I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not avoiding that question. I just, I mean, okay, no, we'll, golly, we'll, we'll work on Trump. Yeah, no, that's okay. We can do it another time. I'm just, I'm just curious. Well, Pianchi mentioned Shell Oil. That's Royal Dutch Shell. That's Dutch East Indies. That's, uh, that's Indonesia. Shell, S-H-E-L-L-S-H-A-L-E. Oh, Shell. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed your accent. Oil Shell. That's Canada. Canada's Oil Shell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jake, let's get your phone number one more time. Anything else you want to say? And then, unless you have a few more minutes, do you have to go? No, 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 no. How about I, I got to take off? Um, okay. Anyway, well, I appreciate it, Greg. Again, this is Derek with the uh, Action Radio Economic Report. You can get me at 850 There you go.
Thank you. I want to make sure we got that phone number in again. Take care, Derek. I'll talk to you next week. Unless you're off, just let me know. (laughs) I get so confused. I I try to mark my calendar, but I I, see you later. I forgot when I forgot to mark it. So I thought Derek might have been off this week. So we had uh, a little bit of confusion initially there. Uh, I get a real surprise for you. (laughs) Just a minute. You're going to love this. Um, um, I've got uh, the original interview with Bill Fecky from back in 2017 when uh, shortly after we met at a gun show. And so I'm going to play that in a little bit. Uh, we had a little disaster earlier when I once again recorded the wrong, <laughs> I uploaded the wrong version uh, with the commercials of our, our steel tempest, our robot folks. And so we're going to play that next week. In fact, I've been in touch with them. We're going to try and get them, get the kids back on the show. So all, all the kids that were in high school back in 2017 for our, our, our robot show, uh, they was like robot wars. Uh, they went to a competition in Houston. We're going to see if we can get them back, you know, six years later and see whether, where they all ended up. And some of them, I already talked to, you know, one of the moms and some of them have done some pretty wild things. Anyway, do you have any more economic questions you want to hash out for, for a few minutes, Pianchi? No, that there is the pertinent. And the only way you get that is through Article 5 Amendment of the Constitution and get the land back from the state. That is I mean, land back from the federal government. Yeah, I see. I, I'm, you, you know me. And just for those who don't know, Pianchi and I have a have a direct uh, disagreement in terms of the Convention of States. He's for it. I'm against it. Um, and uh, we gotta get. I gotta get Mark Meckler back on. I had him on WBY. Um, they had a, they had a simulation convention last Friday. You should have watched it. Well, I guess huh, you well, probably couldn't because you were on the air. But no, that's the only way you're gonna do it. Ain't no law. Well, no law is gonna do that. It's gonna have to take the amendment of the Constitution. Federal government. Congress people well, but the Constitution already gives it <laughs> Why would you amend it when the Constitution already says that? This is an enforcement problem. This is a willpower problem. This is a perception problem. It's like those that say that uh, they had to enforce Roe v. Wade from the Supreme Court because the Supreme Court made law. Well, the Supreme Court can't make law. It never had to be enforced. This yeah, is the an education why problem. The uh-huh. reason why come you're not paying attention to it because the last part of it, of that, uh, those things that the federal government can own land for, Right. And for, for the purposes of goodwill. So that's goodwill. probably why come is played out. So that needs to be uh amendment to define the, the turn the land back or was for states to take back their land unless they expressly lease it to the federal government. Hmm. These interpretations. Right, no, I understand. Let me, uh, I've, the, um, I've nope. got the, the article one section eight right here. So these are the things the government can do. And as far as land, uh, it says here to exercise. Uh, this, is, this is the part. So this comes there. Article one, section eight starts off very clearly with uh, this line, which I'm going to pull up right now. The Congress shall have the power to. Okay. So anything in, in section eight is where the Congress shall have the power to. One of the first one is lay and collect taxes, et cetera, et cetera. What uh, the next clause says to borrow money on the credit of the United States. That's the one we're deleting uh, with our constitutional amendment. But it also says near the end of Article 1, Section 8, um, to exercise uh, exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever over such districts, that would be the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C., not exceeding 10 miles square, as may by session of particular states and the acceptance of Congress become the seat of government of the United States. So in other words, now Jonathan has a good point. He thinks all the residential areas of Washington should go back to um, Maryland. Because there's no reason for anybody to live in the seat of power. That should be Maryland again, and that way you there be that would end any D.C. statehood chat. 
because uh, nobody would live there. It would just be the seat of government. In other words, the mall, you know, the Congress, the, the Pentagon, the White House, um, Smithsonian on the mall, There's you know, there. the various departments, the FBI, you know, the CIA, well, CIA is Langley, Virginia. Uh, but uh, that's it. That DC would only be, and not every, uh, like I say, not every There's department in, in Washington. There's 10, 10 of those 10 mile districts. Oh, really? Where are the it other ones? It's 10 and 12. Oh, I've never heard of this. Where are the yeah, other ones? 10 districts. They are, they are situated with the Federal Reserve Bank. Oh, those aren't those aren't uh, designated by Congress. Those are the, the, those are just economic districts. But uh, the Federal Reserve Act um, is, as far as I'm concerned, unconstitutional because Congress controls the money. There's there's ten there's ten I think it's either ten or twelve. I'm not sure. I know it's at least ten. And those ten this those ten banks have the circumference ten miles circumference around them. In some places, the circumference overlaps, so it just pretty much covers the whole area. With no but that's not federal land. The federal, <clears> reserve, <throat> the federal Reserve District. I mean, the district. There's like ten. Yeah, there's ten Federal Reserve districts, but they don't own land. You know, they they don't control that ten mile. They don't control a ten mile area. That doesn't make sense. They just have a central bank. In there's like a New York Fed, a um, Chicago Fed, a San Francisco Fed, probably Houston Fed. I don't know where they are. We'll look it up. I'll, I'll do that for next week. You know, but uh, yeah, look it up. But, but they, don't that, have, they, don't, they don't have they don't they don't have they don't have jurisdiction. But here's it's what the Constitution not, says. It's just not Washington D.C. So it's, it's, it's associated with those banks. Okay, I'll it's take a look at that. Picture, but, but, Here's what the Constitution says, okay? After D.C., so the, con- the Congress has absolute control of D.C. <laughs> You'd think they'd exercise it, but they don't. And then it says, and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be. So they have no jurisdiction over any land they didn't purchase from a state with the permission of the state legislature. Now, I don't know what the records are. I don't know how it works, but I'll bet you that there are little to none uh, as far as actual legitimate purchases of state land with the consent of the state legislatures. I don't know of any. Well, it wouldn't make it, it wouldn't make no sense for them to purchase it. What they should have done is lease it to the federal government. They could have done that too. Then they could take it back. Kind of the leases expire. Long. Yeah. Even the Hong kind of, Kong. Yeah. Right. I know what right. they've done because they don't have to maintain it, especially like right. out there in Nevada where they use the cut of the land. States yep. don't want to take on their responsibility. But they should because it's their land. You know, if they didn't want it, then they should give up state or secede to, uh, um, you yeah, know, break state up into a state that will take over it. Yes, you're right. Yeah. All right, so then it says, uh, and then it says, but it says, why? It says, so become the seat of government, you know, because then it says, and to exercise like authority over all places purchased by the consent of the legislature of the state in which the same shall be. And then it says, and here's why. Here's the only reason that the federal government can purchase land in the states for the erection of forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings. That's it. So the only land that the federal government can purchase with the consent of the state legislature is land that the federal government has to have for forts, magazines, arsenals, dockyards, and other needful buildings. That's it. And we know what, so let's say uh, Fort Benning, which has been renamed Fort you know, Snowflake or whatever it's been named. 
So that would be a fort. Okay, a magazine. A magazine is where they store ammunition. So that, that, that counts. An arsenal is where they store guns. Dockyards would be for navigation. Uh, I'm not sure if the Army Corps of Engineers ties into that, but uh, dockyards are essential because uh, that's where the, the federal government, uh, that's how the federal government patrols the, uh, uh, the waterways and the, uh, the coastline. And this is and other needful buildings. Well, if there's another, if, well, that might be your federal reserve like you're talking about. I don't know if that's federal or not. We'll look into it. But when the federal government has a needful building, uh, I think every big city has a federal office building. So the federal government could own the land under that office building. That would make sense. They could do that as long as they got the permission of the le- of state legislature to buy it. I remember Oakland had a huge federal office building. So did San Francisco. So if the federal government wants to own the land under their federal office building, that's a needful building. That's cool. But what they can't do is own billions of acres of land uh, in these western states, and especially not Alaska. That's what they can't do because they don't own that land for well, needful buildings, project, arsenals, forts, magazines, or things like that. Uh-huh. In magazines, it's like that which John Brown was thinking about taking over during the John Brown raid that was stifled by Robert E. Lee and uh, Isaac. Uh, I can't think of his last name. But uh, – well, let's talk about That's National Guard. Right. National Guard armories were arsenals and magazines. So, then, so, so, so the National Guard armories that were placed all over the United States, um, armory is, I think, both an, uh, an arsenal and a magazine because they have both guns and ammunition. Right? Well, armory would be where they would keep equipment, you know. Uh, well, they could keep that too. Stuff like that. All right. So that would make it not only an arsenal, not only a magazine, but a needful building. That makes sense. Yeah, they That's got constitutional. Yeah, there are armies everywhere. Mm-hmm. National Guard Army. Now, whether it's a state or federal, I think the state and federal could make an agreement on that because the National Guard, you know, being another government army or a government military organization can be federalized. State and National Guards can get federalized. I think that's that's not in the Constitution, but, the but I think that's in the uh, – like the whatever there's one project in Alaska uh-huh. that Joe Biden is taking claim for, uh, that will reap the federal government anywhere from uh fourteen to seventeen billion dollars in fees. For what Willow, W I L L O W project. Now that money should go to Alaska. It should yes, be sure. going to the federal government. Well, Alaska should stand up and do something about it. I'm trying to get a hold of Sarah Palin. I, I'm, I'm serious about that, by the way. Uh, but that, she'd be the person to talk to about that. She was governor. But yeah, Alaska, Alaska gets paid, you know, for their pipeline. Every Alaskan citizen gets a royalty on the oil that's taken out of Alaska. Well, every citizen mm-hmm. of every state should get that. If you're if you're taking out, I think some of the states like the Wyoming Dakotas, I think they have a lot of uranium up there. The, the part that Hillary didn't give away to Russia, being a Russian agent. Uh, but the, the uranium, the, the 80% of our uranium that's still here, uh, I think those citizens either do or should get a royalty. Louisiana should get a royalty. Louisianans should get royalties from Every the oil state. taken. Yeah, don't they? They do, don't they? They get rebates? Not only uh-huh. on the land, but as their, as their boundaries go out into the oceans, in, mm-hmm. what is it, 10 miles or something like that, uh, before you reach international waters? Well, you might be able to – there should be a map that extends state boundaries into the Gulf of Mexico. So at what yes, point – Okay. So I don't know. I haven't seen it. That would be another good thing to look up. You know, oil map. Map 
of states. So anything that goes on within those boundaries, not only in Louisiana, but all the coastal states, really, mm-hmm. well, that should be state control. And revenues yep. that's generated off of that, uh, whatever activities that's going on, you know, especially yeah. like the extraction of oil, those mm-hmm. revenues should go to the state. Could you imagine so we, how well off the people in these states would be? Yeah. Well, I was just saying, we wouldn't have an energy problem. We wouldn't have a green energy new deal if the states actually, you know, did what, is, what they're legally entitled to do and just took their own land and, and had their own oil leases. They could. The states are, are perfectly entitled to deal directly with the oil companies. So the state of Texas, which I'm sure already does, but all these other states, if they want to, uh, you know, make contracts with oil companies to uh, lease their land, that's fine. They could do that. You wouldn't have problems it. with uh, education. You wouldn't have problems with, quote, unquote, Medicaid. None of those yeah. problems. But see, the way it money. is now, mm-hmm. the way it is now is that if the, the federal government controlled the money that you could use to alleviate your problems, and they're mm-hmm. doing it under pretension that we give it to you or we mm-hmm. grant it to you, it's yep. their money. Yeah, yeah. And there also have to be a provision that no money would go to uh, – uh, illegal aliens, you know, tourists, visa, anybody else that's here, or or people born to uh, illegal aliens. <laughs> we we got to start getting well, that. that, that to, it, yeah, that yeah. The states need to have control of that money. Uh, mm-hmm. That money, should, you know, I was looking at uh, California got a thirty-two billion dollar deficit. Mm-hmm. Missouri has an eight billion dollar surplus. Mm, how about that? Well, Missouri years ago passed what's called the Hancock Amendment, mm-hmm. which basically states that if revenues uh if revenue eclipse your spending by a certain percentage, that money has to go back to the citizens. Yeah, but the states that are in debt like California, California Yeah, but but states like California figure that the federal government's gonna bail them out. And what the Congress should say is no, we, we no more bailouts. There are no more. You know, whether it's a city like New York or a state like California or, or a company like GM, the government needs to get out of the bailout business. That's what a free market's for. So if you're so stupid with your economic planning that your bank goes broke, your car company goes broke, your state goes broke, or your city go, goes broke, that's what the free market's all about. People leave, and you get smart, and you rebuild, and you do it properly this time. You don't Matter see Republicans. Fact, the states can lend money to the federal government at that point. Oh, that's <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I mean, why not? Well, here's the thing, too. So let's, let's, let's follow this through. So if our, our amendment goes through, which uh, it's a constitutional amendment that says Congress cannot borrow money on the credit of the United States. doesn't mean that Congress can't borrow money on the credit of individual states. Congress could borrow from the states. And the states hold them responsible. Wouldn't that be interesting? But I have no problem with that. If Congress wants to borrow from other sources, if Congress wants to borrow from China, I mean, I'll object to it, but I wouldn't make a constitutional amendment against it. I'm just saying that the Congress can't borrow money on the credit of the United States. In other words, they cannot take the full faith and credit of, of this entire nation to themselves so they can increase their budget. That's the problem. Yeah, they could borrow money from the state. The states could mm-hmm. call charge them interest rather than the way it's going now with the Federal Reserve. Yeah. The, the, yeah, I know. It's, the it's U.S. Treasury could take on those positions that the Federal Reserve is now doing. The states could do that. Not the yeah. states, but uh, the U.S. Treasury could do it. Mm-hmm. A lot of things. Let me see if I can uh, – did you uh, – oh, you were there for an interview with Christina Bob. I don't know if I've had a chance to talk to you about that. What did you think of that? I, I, I really enjoyed that chat we had. 
Well, yeah, it was pretty good. Okay. You know, I'll see if I can get you on next time. Uh, if she has more time, yeah, twenty minutes. Is... Make think. A lot of people don't think. Which you know, it's funny how they work, isn't it? People only think within a certain circumference. Mm-hmm. So, uh, where where is this coming from? What the the fact that we had her ask? You know, I mean, I asked her. I thought pretty good questions, and I thought she she thought so too because she, she gave us really thoughtful answers. That's not something you get on a lot of news shows. They give you stupid questions. And that we, we don't do that here. I don't pull punches. I don't hold back. You know, I let people reach the maximum potential. And I, I, I like to ask really open questions so people can talk. Like I said, you know, tell me about the indictment. Tell me about your book. I mean, I, did, I do that on purpose so that I'm not restricting them to a narrow question if they want to say something that I haven't thought of or however they want to answer the question. That's why I like to ask big, open-ended questions and just let people go. And she did, you know. I was, I was uh, the only well, thing I people, was curious. Go if ahead. You can, if you uh-huh. can control the circumference of a person's mind, you can control them, and that's mm-hmm. what goes on. Uh, people come even on these on the top. They don't know the topic. They they right. don't know they they don't they don't thoroughly know the topic because much of the problems that we're experiencing could easily be solved. If it goes back the way it was intended to be, the power mm-hmm. was supposed to derive from one place and one place only, not mm-hmm. from the top down, but from the bottom up. And that's with the states. They don't utilize that power. That's why we have all these problems. It's suffering, too. You got people that go through their life suffering needlessly. They wouldn't have to suffer like that. Yeah, all these policies coming out of federal government, you know, none of, none of which are constitutional because uh, they don't have that delegated power. Uh, this, well, the states really lost it back in 1913 when they gave up their um, their ability to to uh, uh, elect their own senators from the state legislatures. I never understood why the states would do that unless it was fraudulently done, unless the states actually didn't give that up. That's what they, a lot of people think about the income tax amendment, that it wasn't actually uh, properly ratified. They just did it anyway because <laughs> they wanted to because they wanted the money. Uh, same thing with withholding tax. Withholding tax is not constitutional. There's no law about the withholding tax. It was a World War II provision that they just never got rid of because there's too much money in it. So when we start to uh, you know, take a bit of that away by saying you can't withhold money until people have earned their standard deduction because they're going to get that money back anyway next year. They should have it this year. That's a huge change. That's a big threat you know, to, to federal government. That's a good uh, law, That would be good. Yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, you know, and, and the stuff we do, and that's not a partisan law. You know, mostly, and I, I've talked about this too, well, are you conservative? You know, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm basically an anti-federalist. So if you look at the Federalist Papers and the Anti-Federalist Papers, I'm with the Anti-Federalists. You know, but in terms of, of our politics here for our bills, I don't think any of our bills are really Republican or Democrat. They're just, you know, for people, for more money and more freedom. You know, and that one in particular it applies to everybody. So anybody that's working, um, they would not have any money taken from their paycheck for income, federal income tax, until they've earned their standard deduction, which is what, $13,000 maybe this year? Most people earn thirty-five, dollars uh, $24,000 for a couple. Okay, so, so that'd be $12,000. No, it's more than that because it was 12000 when I wrote the bill, and that was back in 2019. So the bill is four years old already. It's an old well, it would be a good. It would be a good. Uh, anything that you can, anything that would keep let people keep mm-hmm. their own money, 
mm-hmm. rather than the way it's going down now because yeah. uh, it's going for all sorts of purposes that people otherwise don't even have a choice on. You talk mm-hmm. about these regulations, those regulations on uh, your taxes, and they come out of the uh, CFR, Code of Federal Regulation 26, which applies to the Internal Revenue Service. And those rules that come out of uh, CFR uh, 26 is never voted on. It's made, mm-hmm. they're arbitrarily made up by the head of the Internal Revenue Service, which is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, we need to, uh, and I said put a big star here. I'm going to start collecting things that I think uh, will be part of Trump's agenda. The obvious ones, get out of the U.N., get out of NATO, end uh, the withholding tax. But another good one would be to abolish all regulations. And he could do that by executive order, by EO, executive they order. They need to do it with those regulations. Those regulations need to be voted on. The FBI, yeah, no, like abolish the all regulations. Yeah. Like they killed this man up there in Utah. That was totally ridiculous. Well, I want to talk about that. I, I want to talk about that Monday when I look more into it. Well, hold on, just I want to write this down. So abolish all by executive order all regulations not voted on by Congress, and, and Trump could do that. That would be huge if he just took all the regulations that were not voted on and just abolished them. So if they're that good, put them through Congress. So I, I'm going to put that on my Trump list. I'm going to call it the Trump list. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about what happened in uh, uh, Oregon. So the FBI guy, FBI goes in uh, to a guy that said something about he's got his M24 sniper rifle. Well, I've got the story right here. Uh, I still want to play my uh, actually my surprise for you is that I, I I edited the original interview with Bill Fecky from 2017, and I'm going to play that. It only takes 45 minutes, so I got to start that at the latest by like 9:15. But I'll start it. We've got some more time to talk about the some of this stuff. So let me pull up that uh, thing. But I want to play that today. And I've got another article here on on the Soldier of Fortune. You know, knows who the drug people are <laughs> who dropped the cocaine in the White House. But let me get this story here because this is uh, this is disgusting. Uh, this is like Waco, Ruby Ridge. It's the same kind of mentality. So this is from the Worthy News, W-O-R-T-H-Y News, uh, a website I just discovered, worthynews.com. Uh, and this is FBI kills elderly man who threatened Biden online. Thursday, August 10th. So that would be yesterday by Stephen J. Boss, B-O-S, Chief International Correspondent, Worthy News. Never heard of these people. Anyway, this is Provo, U- Provo USA, Worthy News, an elderly armed man. Armed? Well, that's that's even uh, uh, was he armed at the time, or is it, does he have guns? But it says an elderly armed man, described as frail by neighbors, has been shot and killed by agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Will be on investigation, guys. Uh, after making online threats against, uh, they say U.S. President Joe Biden. I'll just call him the illegal White House occupant. Uh, it says special agents were trying to serve a warrant on the home of Craig Delu Robertson. A warrant. This is how you serve a warrant, guys? Warrant on uh, Provo, uh, south of Salt Lake City. Okay, so this is, I think, actually Provo is one of the more liberal areas of Utah, if I remember. Anyway, south of Salt Lake City in the U.S. state of Utah, when the shooting happened at 6.15 a.m., the FBI said Wednesday. The shooting of the 74-year-old came amid a fierce debate (laughs) in the United States about social media expressions perceived as threatening to those in power and other public figures. Robertson posted online Monday that he had heard Biden was coming to Utah and he was planning to dig out a camouflage suit and begin, quote, cleaning the dust off the M24 sniper rifle. Well, first of all, that's a stupid thing to say. 
on social media. Anytime you put guns and public officials together, that's, uh, there is a law against making threats of public officials. Now, we say all the time that Brandon's an illegal president. Do I make any threats against him? Absolutely not. I don't, I don't wish him any harm. I don't want any harm to come to him. I just want him to get out of the White House and go sit on his porch and, you know, eat ice cream. Do what, he's, he's, what his talents and uh, mental capacity allow. Sit around and just, you know, keep him away from the grandkids because, you know, he's one of those guys. Uh, but other than that, I, you know, we don't, we don't ever make threats against anybody. Um, but uh, he definitely, he didn't win the election. He shouldn't be in the White House, okay? That's not a threat. That's just the truth. But anybody that makes a threat like this, talking about a rifle and Biden, what kind of an idiot does that? Now he's dead. Pianchi? Well, that's what uh, proposal number four in the simulated convention of states reads, administrative agencies shall not have armed personnel but should rely on the local police and sheriffs when necessary. See, that sounds that familiar. Is that, one, is that one of those ones that you said came from, from us? Because that, that sounds exactly like the bill I wrote. Well, I think mine's a little stronger. Did you send it to him? Did you send it to him? Come on, be honest. Tell me no, the truth. they got over 30 of them here. Oh, okay. They got 30, more 30 bills? Really. To, 30 bills to disarm the They got 30 yeah. proposed. This here got... 31 proposals in that section. Then you had another one that had 30, 40 proposals. So these are just proposals, 44. So these proposals that people who showed up. Uh, well, it wouldn't, it, wouldn't, uh, before, it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of people also thought of disarming the feds. Um, so that's not surprising to me. What's surprising, what, what I'm curious about is how close it is to the bill that I wrote. And if someone saw, hey, it's a great idea. Let me send this in. You know, I'm, I'm just curious. Anyway, that's just me. All right. The shooting of the 74-year-old came amid a fierce... Oh, there we go. Robertson posted online. Or I already said that. The post came after months of graphic online threats. Graphic online threats against several public figures, according to court documents. Robertson referred to himself as a mega Trumper. That doesn't sound... That doesn't sound... Trump supporters don't call themselves mega. We say, you know, we say, make America great. We say America first. So and no one call, and Trump people don't call themselves Trumpers. So this this strikes me as a setup. This is a reference to former President Donald J. Trump's "Make America Great Again" slogan. Investigators said he also posted threats against top law enforcement officials overseeing court cases against Trump. However, neighbors and other townsfolk described him as a frail old man who walked with the aid of a hand carved stick and, and had served uh, at the local church uh, ward. Wow, guy sounds like real dangerous to me. This is carrying guns. The, this is this might be a liberal side. I really didn't read this article. Well, where carefully. is the where is uh-huh. the uh, psychologist that uh, they require say that the local police should have someone there to be a uh, somebody that talks them out of it. Somebody that has a oh a psychiatry a degree. Yeah, where's the yeah, negotiator? Yeah, like a negotiator, mediator. Uh-huh. So. Where yeah, is that? Yeah. Why come that person wouldn't call on the scene? Like you say that uh, local police should do when they have people that's mentally got problems. Quite obvious this man had a mental problem. He didn't need to be well, killed. They, well, yeah, they, they they got a search warrant. But what were they searching for? We don't even know what they're searching for yet. This may not be the best site, uh, best article. I just, I just heard about this before the, the show, and I just grabbed an article that looked somewhat interesting. Uh, but, again, we are, we're always free to 
critique articles that uh, that appear. I just don't like using the same old sources like Yahoo or MSN. I'd rather get something interesting. I never heard of this site. Then it says, though he regularly carried guns and reportedly has about 20 at home. Oh no! So he so he does. So in other words, he exercises his his God given Second Amendment rights to carry guns, right? He's uh, 20 guns at home. That's that. Trust me, folks. That's nothing. This is uh, he said. He well, said he uh, the yeah, exactly. And then it says they said he didn't seem a threat. Well, listen, anybody that has a large pickup truck is a threat to everybody who stands at a bus stop. Do we ban people with pickup trucks from driving near bus stops? No. <laughs> you know, but that, that's the same logic. I only like had 20 guns at home. You get the author of some of these articles on. Just talk to them. Well, I like Because it. you just read several things that mm-hmm. really is uh, antagonistic. And whatever went on, this this is trying to bring out emotions out of the readers. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this is a liberal source that I came across. Well, that's okay. that's that's how we find these things out. We read what they say and then we analyze it. Then it says there's no way he, that he was driving here to Salt Lake City, setting up a rifle and taking a shot at the president. 100% no way, uh, said neighbor Andrew Munder outside the church across from Robertson Street. So is that what the FBI is saying? I haven't got the FBI. Uh, this is what I want to do this Monday. I want well, to take some time and re- read about it. But they're saying, is that what they said? The FBI said he was going to and, do that? Yeah, that's why I come to share. Her local authorities should have been. FBI should have checked with them because they better know their people than somebody mm-hmm. coming from the outside with whatever type of agenda. And we know that um, they got some really agendas after these hearings on how they have tried to uh, strong-arm these social media companies. Well, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is is that the the social media companies report directly to the government. There's a violation right there. But what's interesting is uh, I I think this is like Ruby Rich. I think this is like uh, Waco. I think this is like a bunch of different things. They wanted to kill this person. They wanted to show how tough they were. They wanted to use him as an example, saying, don't you dare criticize, you know, what they're calling President Joe Biden what I call the insurrectionist, the illegal occupant of the White House, okay? Again, I'm not making a threat. I'm just stating a fact because the evidence is overwhelming. Uh, and, and that's one of the things we talked about with Christina Bob is that all that evidence can be brought out in uh, all these bogus charges against Trump. And that's going to be the funny part. So if the judge tries to say we're, they disallow that evidence, then the thing is, well, well it, you know, you say that evidence doesn't exist and now you're disallowing it? <laughs> you can't have it both ways. So, so, how, so what, how big a threat was the 74-year-old? Did the FBI just want to kill him to make an example? That's what I'm, that's what I'm guessing. And anyway, let me read you some more stuff. This is Travis Lee Clark, who's known Robertson for years uh, for working at their church ward together. So he's a church guard, right? They don't say that in the article so much. They say he, he owned 20 guns and routinely carried them. Well, police carry them every day. How come they don't take their guns away? <laughs> you know, they could use them. <laughs> they do sometimes. Anyway, it says, described him as frail of health. This is Clark also called Robertson a masterful woodworker and an established icon in their community. Oh, so they killed an icon. Great. Robertson propped himself on, uh, a, wood, on a woodwalking stick he'd carved himself. So the guy can't even walk properly. This is the person the, the FBI killed. All right. This is, he was surprised to consider it a severe threat, the Associated Press uh, News Agency report. The FBI agents came hey, to you Robertson. They flashbang grenades on the man. Oh, yeah. even, I doubt it. They knocked on the door. So if the man yeah. had any sort of mental problem, well, that just instigated. Surely it would upset the dogs. Mm-hmm. So if you woke up from a deep sleep 
with strangers in your house who you didn't know who they were. It's dark. They're shedding lights in your face. It could be a home invasion. If you retaliate uh, and, and, and pull, like a lot of people have, you know, the gun on the, on the bedside table or in the drawer or something like that, people have guns accessible at night because people break into homes. And you, you picked up that gun, they would just shoot you dead and say, uh, you threatened us with a, with a weapon. Rather than doing the logical thing, which would be to, you know, knock on the door, <laughs> you know, uh, the guy's 74 years old. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> you know, he's, he's not a flight risk. Talk to the local sheriff, find out the situation, say, we want to investigate this person. We want you to come with us and we're going to knock on the door. We're going to uh, call up and uh, they could even call him up and make an appointment. That's what they do, uh, they do with, with uh, Hunter. <laughs> you know, using, so so if there's he had all kinds of ways that could happen. Yeah, but they wanted to kill him. The, the The reason you storm a house if he had been black, if he had uh-huh. been black, he would get killed. Oh, that's interesting. I I don't know what color is. I didn't even thought about it. No, uh, he's white. Guy, he was white, white oh, like, man. But if he had been uh-huh. black, he yeah. wouldn't have got killed. They, the FBI had done something like that just uh, this year in North St. Louis with the group Uhuru uh, coming in at 3 o'clock in the morning with the flashbang. Nobody there but uh, Mr. Weller and his wife. Right. Uh-huh. And uh, they didn't get killed. They simultaneously raided their places in Tampa and also in another location in St. Louis at the uh-huh. same time. <clears throat> but huh. what the shit, what, I mean, what I'm saying is that they have to check in with the local. The local people knew this man. Yep. Yeah, same thing with Waco. Maybe like I mean, going over to Cuba. Uh, uh-huh. Cuba not uh, to, to exercise the uh, extradition to bring somebody back. Well, you go to mm-hmm. the local people. Mm-hmm. Danny Glover used to go to Cuba all the time. I mean, I was in the Oakland uh, area where he lived. Well, he lived in the, the hills, but uh, he was from Oakland. And uh, he would, uh, you know, you'd hear about him in the news, you know, Dan Glover returning from Cuba. You know, I don't think he ever got, had problems. <laughs> you know, they never arrested him for being a communist or all that kind of stuff. You know, he's still doing stuff like that. So it just depends on who you are and what you're doing. Yeah. And at the head of his dumb, is a dumb uh, attorney general. You had Janet Reno, dumb. You got mm-hmm. Marilyn Garland, dumb. I don't think they're dumb. I think they're, they're they're tyrants. I think they think they can kill anybody for any reason because they're the federal government. That's a, here's more of the story. It says, FBI agents came to Robertson's home after the initial warning about him from the Truth Social Media Network. Truth Social? That's Trump's company. Well, not anymore, apparently. <laughs> it says they reportedly found Robertson wearing a Trump cap. Oh, there's a good reason to kill him. And what one described in a search warrant affidavit as an AR-15 style rifle lapel pin. I sometimes wear a guitar lapel pin. Does that mean I'm going to assault people with a guitar? I mean, this is insane. Then it says an affidavit said uh, he told them his initial threat was just, quote, a dream and demanded they only return with a warrant. In the Facebook post later cited in the affidavit, he said to my friends in the Federal Bureau of Idiots, (laughs) I know you're reading this. And you have no idea how close your agents came to, quote, violent eradication. Yeah, so the guy's mentally disturbed. He's making threats, obviously, against the government. So the question is, what's the correct response? Psychological help, negotiator, you know, um, Secret Service could analyze this. That's their job. Uh, do the, the, the profile, the whole bit. But just basically break into his place at 6 in the, the morning and kill him. The same thing that Black Lives Matter be hollering, 
that the yeah. police need to bring somebody that specializes and has some knowing about mental conditions. They should have had somebody. If they had went to the sheriff, that probably would have been provided. Yeah. Yeah. Here's another line. This is in another updated social media post cited in the document. So they were tracking this guy for a while. I mean, he was obviously a target. They wanted to kill him. And, and he said, then, too, where are these lawyers at? Where is Benjamin Crump? I mean, does he, does yeah, he represent question. a white? Where is some white lawyer that should be representing him? That should be a, a millions and millions of dollars lawsuit. Well, any civil rights because lawyer should represent him. Civil civil right. Right. But, yeah, exactly. He needs a good civil rights lawyer. Good question. Um, we'll talk to Mosley about this Monday. I mean, I've already sent him the story, so I'm sure we're going to get into this then. This is in another updated social media post cited in the document. Robertson wrote, hey, FBI, you still monitoring my social media? I know the FBI monitors my social media. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm, I'm so suppressed all the time, because I'm sure the FBI has told Twitter and Facebook to, you know, basically rein me in. Why else would they do it? Right? You know, anyway, it says checking uh, so I can have, oh, it says, hey, FBI, you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. That's a dumb thing to say. You know, what do I say to the FBI? Let me know ahead of time. Let me make some coffee so we can talk. That's what I say. <laughs> That's, well, you, know. you had that state rep in uh, Missouri, Maria uh-huh. Nadal. Maria Nadal Chappelle, uh, Chappelle Nadal, matter I had it out with her one day. Yeah. And she wrote in her Twitter about killing Trump. Said that she wished. No, I hope that Trump is assassinated. Oh yeah, lots of folks said that. Uh, Johnny Depp said that. The she actress was said sitting. Uh, yeah. State. I think she's a state senator. Yeah, I think she's a state senator for the state of Missouri. She's black. Well, this. Well, the tough things too, and or liberal, like uh, Madonna talked about blowing up the White House. She made that in a speech. Um, Kathy Griffith, I just saw this in One American News. Remember when she had Trump's simulated bloody head in her hand, like she'd cut his head off? I mean, that's a threat. She should have been thrown in jail for that. So all these liberals are making threats against Trump, but they don't, they don't instigate those. They, they go into some 74-year-old who's making some pretty outrageous, I mean, stupid statements. These are not smart things to do, but you don't get, you don't get killed for being stupid. <laughs> you know, uh, if you're I'm a threat. A guy, uh... Uh-huh. And St. Louis called in the KMOX radio talking about killing Reagan. And the FBI went to his house and didn't kill him. But that, look what the, the difference in then type of agency and t- mm-hmm. today's agency. Well, see, he should have been investigated. I don't have a problem with him being investigated. That makes sense. My problem is they killed him at 6 in the morning, busting into his house. That's the problem. Anyway, we're going to talk about this Monday, because I need to learn more about it. This is just one, one site. How many agents was out there? About two dozen? Probably. Well, Mac Gates is a bill to defund the FBI. You know, I mean, I want to abolish the FBI. The FBI, the DEA, the ATF, uh, the only uh, – I'm going to go over the organizational chart again when I write the bill. But the only parts of the, F, of, uh, parts of the Department of Justice I would keep would be the Attorney General's office for prosecuting government people, I mean, legitimate government problems like Hunter Biden and Joe for stealing this, you know, uh, the, the attorney general should be there to prosecute the deep state. So that would be a good thing. So we need an attorney general. Don't have a problem with that. Every state has an attorney general. No problem. Uh, the civil rights division, I would keep that. Um, but as far as the rest of the Department of Justice, there's only three crimes in the Constitution. And we proved that the Department of Justice doesn't have jurisdiction over any of them. 
They don't have counterfeiting. They don't have piracy, and they don't have treason. Congress has jurisdiction over treason. Secret Service has counterfeiting, and the military has piracy, and the, and the state and local police have piracy. You want to hear another land. proposal? What's that? You want to hear another one of these proposals? Sure. No, no technology, current or future, and that's a good thing, shall be used for the surveillance of the citizenry at large under any circumstance. Warrants for individual surveillance may be issued by a state judge with the proper demonstration of due process and just cause. This includes camera surveillance, social media, and Mm -hmm. any unforeseen platform that would have the ability to gather information that is outside the public square. That's good. Yeah, but it, it sounds very much like uh, our our bill of our Australian Bill of Rights, which I wrote a year ago. Uh, so there's a lot of good ideas out there. The question is how to get them implemented. Now, understand, folks, when they're when they're saying that uh, my objection to the con- the uh, uh, con- convention of states is not the material they're proposing. The bills they're proposing, the laws they're proposing, are good. The constitutional amendments, except the balanced budget one, that's too weak. Ours is a lot stronger. That's not the problem. The problem is that once the convention starts, there's no restrictions. It can be completely wide open. And they say that well, can't happen. Well, that's not true. I there think that, is restrictions. And that's our disagreement. That is our disagreement, though. It's not true. It's not true. It is restrictions. You're saying that because you weren't there and haven't experienced No, I'm you saying that there's... Experience, you make the attention on, but that's not true. And I'm not supposed to argue with those who have objections. Oh, you're not supposed to argue? Oh, okay, fine. Well, let's take it up. Uh, well, let me get Mark McLaurin. Let me get some. Let me get a convention of states person. Let me talk to them directly, because there's nothing in the Constitution uh, that stops this convention once it's open. I mean, what, what about when the liberal states drop by? You know, you can't exclude them. What about when the leftist media well, goes by? It's not, you don't. It's you don't think they're gonna? On, it's, it's it's not based on bias. It's based on the Constitution. It can be liberal. Or whoever, and but a convention of states at, at the assimilation, you did have. I think uh-huh. you had some representatives from Illinois that was there. Yeah, but so the convention of states, you can't. But you can't control it. You cannot control it. Once you open it up, the whole constitution. You can't open. control it. No, you had, so. That's why it was assimilation. You had people there doing everything that you were talking about doing. They was controlled. Hmm. Well, the simulation you can, but you still have, you don't have the liberal states, you don't have the liberal activists, and you don't have the, the Marxist media there. You don't have uh, Cory Bush storming the place and Al Sharpton, and uh, Corey Bush uh, you, you don't have well, AOC. You don't have any of these people there yet. Uh, you don't have Chris uh, Every state has one vote. That's it. Uh-huh. One vote. Right. All right. And the proposal's already out there. This is taken care of. All these okay. things that the possibilities already well, I'll do a show on this um, because I think that uh, I think it's not controlled. I think it's still a wide open process. Once once that gavel comes down and once the process is open, anything can happen, and that's my big fear. Well, so thirty eight states don't vote. Thirty eight states don't vote to do away with the Second Amendment. Don't know, but I bet you I bet you that's what comes out of the convention. Let me ask you about your law. So thirty eight uh-huh. Congress, so thirty eight states is going to approve your law. Mm-hmm. Which one? Oh, Constitution. Think about it. Yeah. 
But if you but here's the difference. You, you, you don't have to do it. You, you're talking about. See, those objections can be thrown back at your ideas of law. Not I mean, really. No, no, no it, it, it's two different things, and I'll tell you why. Because if to, I take if I take a constitutional has, amendment, hold on, those, hold on, let me. You got to go through those committees, don't you, Jeff? Don't you agree? No, but the difference is that if uh, the constitutional amendment is fixed language. Now, if it gets amended in Congress, that's different. If they screw it up, then I'm going to not going to support it, obviously. But if they take the amendment as is and, and vote it out of Congress with two-thirds majorities, then it goes to the states, then the language doesn't change. If the language changes, then you don't have the same amendment. It's a totally different thing. Um, my problem is you don't have to go through a convention of states. Here's the way around that, that the states pass it by resolution. They say, we want this passed. And if enough states do it, not just 38, but hopefully more, and then they send it to Congress and say, we're not going to, uh, you know, we're not going to send you money. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We withhold all kinds of stuff unless you guys ratify this. This is what we want. So then Congress ratifies it by two-thirds play, and then it goes back to the states for actual ratification. What I'm saying is the states can pass by resolution or, or basically lobby it through Congress first, not going through the states. That's the way I can think, unless you have a constitutional amendment that says that individual amendments to the Constitution, and this would be the better thing, would be a constitutional amendment that says individual amendments can start with the states. So that's the part I don't understand about the Constitution. And that's what they do. They start, they do, it does say that. It starts with the Congress had no say-so in a, a Article 5 convention. The president, of yeah, course, uh, none of them have no say-so. They just sit back and wait yeah. and see what happens. But the problem is it's a convention. See, the problem is we need a process the whereby the states themselves. The Congress has to call the convention, shall call the convention. Yeah. That's what the yeah. law says. Right. When people show up, you, you yeah. call the party. You don't have to call the convention. Yeah. But it, it would be a better process if the states could initiate constitutional amendments themselves and send it to Congress. So if, if 38 states ratified a constitutional amendment and then sent it to the Congress for, for two-thirds ratification. That ain't that, what Article that, 5 says. I know it's not what you're trying to say. No, 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 no. I'm not. What I'm saying is this is what it should say. What I'm saying is that's what it should say, and I don't understand why the Congress can initiate a constitutional amendment and then send it to the states for final ratification, and the states can initiate the Constitution says that. Right. I know it says that, but what I'm saying is it should. They screwed up. What I'm saying is they goofed. They They made a huge mistake. They they were genius people. Yeah, but the process should be exactly the same, that the states should have exactly the same. The states wrote the Constitution. The states gave the Constitution to the federal government, so here's your rules. So why the states didn't say that the states themselves could initiate uh, a constitutional amendment, I have no idea. They, they screwed up. They goofed on that. Right, didn't. Yes, what it is. Through a convention. It can start either with the Congress or it can start with the states, which I think is better because it's coming from the people. Well, I wish Congress it was from the states, never, but it shouldn't. Congress right, so here's, is never going to introduce right. term limits of 18 right. years. But a, here's the point of our discussion. A nine term for a congressperson and three terms for a U.S. senator. Right. 14, here's the point of our disagreement. years for any person, any right. single person. They're not going to do it. Hold up, Yankee. I'm going to make one more statement here, then I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to play my Bill Fecky interview. The difference is that right now the states can only – initiate a constitutional amendment through a convention of states. I believe that is wrong. What they should have done and what might be a constitutional amendment first is an amendment that says the states can initiate 
a constitutional amendment exactly the way the Congress can. They can start initiative in the states, and if 38 states ratify it, then it goes to the Congress exactly the same way as the Congress can ratify with two-thirds, and then the amendment goes to the states. That would have made much more sense. That's all I'm saying. Well, what it says is that it takes 34 states to adopt a proposal. Then it's ratified by 38 states. Any one proposal. Okay. Well, if it's just, but as long as they don't go into a convention, I'm happy. Let's take a break. It is 8:51. This has been a good chat. We'll we'll leave our our state uh, convention of states until next week. And I got a treat for you. You've never heard. I hadn't heard this interview in years, but it's kind of funny. Uh, it's I, I was in radio for a month. It was April 5th that I made this of 2017. So I started radio March 1st of 2017. So I've only been there a month. Actually, five weeks. This is my fifth week in radio. And I met Fecky at a gun show, and we got on really well. We had a great time. But you, you've got to hear this interview. It really is a classic. Anyway, A51 now. Let me play a couple things for you guys. And I'll be back, and I'll play the Bill Fecky. And then Pianchi, at the end of the show, we'll have maybe half an hour, 25 minutes or so to kind of hash out uh, whatever you think from that. Anyway, be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. 
Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Grave Care. And now as an affiliate of Grave Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Grave Care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take, that is Action Radio. Okay, so let me set this up. Um, for those that don't know, I was the my, my dream job, uh, my first job in radio, my first full time job. I had a part time gig uh, in Bakersfield for uh, a while, uh, and that unfortunately uh, was impossible to continue. Um, but then I moved to uh, Florida from California four months after open heart surgery, which is one of the dumbest things and the best things I've ever done. So I'm driving across the country, 
I get here, never been here, never met the boss, never had a full-time radio show. I get here, I think the 27th of uh, February, 2017, um, unpacked, you know, switch houses from the place I thought I was going to live, did all this kind of stuff. And uh, with one day observing, uh, the previous host um, took over March 1st and uh, off we went. That's how it all started. And I went to a gun show. Um, Mike Bates, the boss, you know, showed me a lot of things in the area because I had no idea where anything was. He actually got me in the back of a B-25 bomber, um, which is great. So I got to fly backwards. <laughs> I was in the tail gunner place. So I got to fly backwards down Pensacola Beach. That's how I, that was my first view of, of, this, of the beautiful beaches here was flying backwards, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. You sit in the back of a B-25 and you think, whoa, gee, I'm glad there are no zeros out here. This is the, you really exposed. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, quite an experience. And you see what these guys went through in these bombers. B-25 was one of the better ones. It was twin-engine, medium, bomber, fast. Um, pretty pretty, pretty cool airplane. Anyway, um, so there was a gun show shortly after I got here. Um, Mike told me about it. It's like, yeah, okay, let's go. And, and I'm not sure how because I'd forgotten this. I didn't realize it until I heard the interview. But uh, Bill Fecky was there. I guess we met, chatted. Uh, and it turns out he was running for um, the um, Board of Commissioners. Of Escambia County, and Escambia is the first county you get to. So you're heading east um, from um, uh, Alabama, and uh, the first place you get to once you cross the, the Florida state line is Escambia County. The second county you get to is Santa Rosa County. That's where I am in Milton, Florida, uh, Pensacola, which is 30 minutes um, to the west, uh, is in Escambia County. Anyway, so Bill is running for a county commission in Escambia County, and so he was my first, I guess, political uh, person on the show. We had a great time. <laughs> we got to be friends. We've been friends ever since. And, and the reason this is so cool is that Bill is the one that when I was fired from WBY, um, that, uh, you know, after a few months of looking around other radio stations and not getting anywhere and getting rather frustrated, so why don't you uh, get yourself a show on Blog Talk Radio? And I'm like, what's Blog Talk Radio? <laughs> well, it's Internet Radio. Really? How does that work? You know, I said I, I was skeptical. Because I didn't think that uh, it would have the reach. I didn't have the back end station. I wasn't, you know, I was right about all those things too. I mean, so you, you really start on your own uh, when you do this. But uh, anyway, uh, so, but he said, no, no, you try it. So the reason I'm on Blog Talk Radio is Bill Fecky. So Bill and I have been friends for years. And it's, it was just, this was the first time uh, that we actually had a chat on the air. And so this is why, you know, you can see why um, I wanted him as my first reporter when I came to Blog Talk, because we do get along so well. And on the air, we're always joking. I mean, always. So this is, um, this is April 5th of 2017. So we're back six years. And uh, first at the time with him, he's in the studio with this beautiful oak table. And so he has one microphone. I have another microphone. Adog, the producer, is in the production booth. Uh, Mike, the boss, is around the corner in his office, you know, listening in. Uh, and this is how it went. So the phone numbers, other than 215-383-3832, uh, that's the original WEBY. WEBY no longer exists in its present form. It was bought by one of our, our local folks, uh, Cat Country AM 1620, and they took uh, one of the few remaining completely independent radio stations and turn it into like a Fox sports relays. You know, it's just, they, they, uh, well, I can't say anything bad about uh, them. As I said, it was my agreement, but I can say good things about WBY. WBY was fabulous. It was an incredible opportunity. It was my dream job. I absolutely loved it. And I believe today that, uh, had they left us alone, we would have a huge national show because we had tons of callers because the only time you could hear the show, um, was live. There, there was no podcast. Well, they eventually got podcasts after a while. But for the most part, everybody listened live. Uh, and the station was well-established. We had a great audience. The previous host did a great job. Uh, I was new. 
But uh, apparently uh, Action Radio was catching on. So now that you know the story, let me play this uh, and uh, I'll be back. It's about 44 minutes. So that'll put us back. Uh, yeah, we'll have about 10 minutes left for the show when we get back. So enjoy the, the very first time uh, I had Bill Fecky on the air at WBY, April 5th of 2017. That's my guess of dying right across the table from me. Good morning, 806 is the Action Radio Hour with Greg Penglis on 1330 WEBY. I have a special guest in the studio who I shall introduce now. He's got six years of grocery store experience, 1.5 years as a union steward, 1.5 years in banking, 12 years in mortgages, 11 years as a proclaimed medical billing person, six years owner of Florida Pediatric Clinic, one year as a fundraising manager, one summer as a roofer, and four years, get this, as a professional wrestler, including time, TV time with the WWE. Please welcome my guest, Bill (laughs) Fetke. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. This is an Elvis impression. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. No, this is called sinus problem. This is, yeah, you definitely get Mike Pollan report, so it's, I'm glad I give it. But, yeah, so you can see if we can. I have water for you over here. Just don't put it on the table. Put it on the floor. Of course. All that kind of stuff. So if you need to get I'm the one that has to do the show, so you can get up and walk over there. Don't feel obliged. You know, we'll go from there. And A-Dog will cover for us with uh, all kinds of music and interludes if we need to. We came up with a new sports stat. Did you hear about that? The, the, I did the, hear about that. The points per minute score of, of, of uh, basketball. Huh? I actually kind of done that my whole life. It just by by myself. What made up sports per minute scores or, yeah. or new stats? No, just sports per minute scores. Okay, this is a fun hour, folks. We're gonna have a good time here. Bill and I met at the gun show uh, where I took my concealed carry class and I have to make my appointment to get the, the Department of Agriculture photos and fingerprints and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, you got you gotta ask the king to carry a gun. Well, interesting. You should put it that way, you know, because that's one of my goals is constitutional carry. So you mentioned the sheriff. Uh, Bob Johnson. I'd love to have him if we could do an open carry Second Amendment barbecue. But I want to have law enforcement, uh, you know, cooperation because we don't want open carry people arrested because it's against state law right now. Correct. But I'd love to do that as a kind of thing where everybody comes, you know, openly carrying. It's okay. Mm-hmm. We're, but it's going to be law enforcement's there. We understand what we're doing. It's a protest. It's civil disobedience. But we're not going to be disobedient. We just want to be able to demonstrate openly carrying and hopefully use that as a way to convince people uh, of the law. So Bill Fecky's here. He's running for commissioner uh, in Escambia County for the 4th District. Correct. And that comes up in 2018? Yeah, November 2018. Yeah. So if you want to hop on the line, we're just going to kind of ramble politics. This is a fun guest we met at the gun show. We couldn't stop talking, laughing, joking about everything, <laughs> having way too much fun. So 623-1330, 623-1330. And this is much more of a, of a liberal guest policy. So we can, we can kind of branch off into other subjects. We'll sort of go where the conversation goes. But I wanted to get someone running for office uh, so you can see you know, how things are running. And also because you're involved with the Republican Liberty Caucus, which is the Libertarian branch of the Republican Party. So we can, uh, we can go into that as well. Well, let's go into it right now. So tell, yeah. me, about, tell me about those folks and, and why it's different. Well, what, first of all, what is a libertarian? A uh, libertarian is the original Republican. Um, you know, we are about personal freedom, and we are sh- about the strict use of the Constitution. Uh, we do not believe in interpretation and gray areas. It's so who interprets the Constitution these days? Well, obviously the Supreme Court is supposed to. And why? No, they're not. Why does the Supreme <laughs> Court interpret the Constitution if it's not supposed to be interpreted? 
they're interpreting it the way they want to for political reasons. There we go. So what? So does anybody rationally think that the Supreme Court is 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 legally entitled to uh, to interpret the Constitution? I mean, most people do. I don't. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Supreme Court should be going exactly what the Constitution says. Uh, that has gone away way far away, and that's why you know we are for term limits for Supreme Court justices. Okay, how long? I think. 12 years is fair. Okay. We had this coming up. Uh, this was an issue yesterday, and the, the, I think the pro was that uh, I think it was maybe the speaker uh, of, of the Florida legislature was saying that we don't want government to be a full-time job. Correct. I mean, a lifetime position. Uh, but the opposition said that, well, you know, judges get better with experience. You know, they make better decisions, and they have more judicial knowledge and, and more judicial memory of, of cases in the past and precedent and things like that. But then you get 70-, 80-year-old people on the... Supreme Court. I'm going to make a decision now. <laughs> Let me see if I can remember how to get back to my chambers and to get the rope here. And then we'll go into. So, Sonny, what were you saying about the decisions? No, I'm sorry. I should. Yeah. I'm not making fun of seniors. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just doing accents, which I break into for no apparent reason. But, um, yeah, my question is actually very different because the Supreme Court and all the federal courts have no constitutional basis for interpreting or making decisions or making law or doing or even judicial orders or overturning the, the, the legislature or things like that. Their only constitutional duty is to is to rule on the, the parties that are in dispute, to settle the cases under Article three, and which does not include making law. So all these things if they have a case and they say, Look, we have to make this decision based on law, throw it back to the legislature and say, Can you fix the law? Correct. That would be the proper way to do it. That's not what they do. They say, we're going to make the law for you. And I'm not a big Gorsuch fan. You know, I mean, everybody's mm-hmm. like, oh, he's the best. And even Congressman Gates yesterday was going on and saying, oh, this guy's wonderful. We've got to support him. And I did. I said, okay, great. And he, had, he said we should call a uh, Democrat senator from Florida, Bill Nelson, mm-hmm. and, and get on the air and say, okay, we've got to do something about this. And I said, okay, sure, I'll give you the contact numbers. And I think all for it. Get Gorsuch. But me personally, at a different level, I'm saying he's arrogant. He's pompous. He's he's had a looks like a fairly cushy life here, and he's not uh, he's going to be good, but he's not going to be as good as he could be because he will continue. You know, for a guy that's a literalist, he should know literally there is no ability to interpret the Constitution and to uh, have judicial uh, review in it. So we got a call right now. So let's bring Joe on. Right. Morning, Joe. Hey, I just wanted to bring up real quick. You were talking about term limits. Yes. I've twice been listening to the radio when they were interviewing someone from Congress. And uh, the, the big thing that they said was the number one reason why term limits were bad was because it uh, it um, caused them to be more corrupt because they had to make all their money in a short period of time. So basically, he admitted both different people, different parties were admitting that they uh, they had to get their 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 kickbacks and their their bribes in, in a shorter period of time. So um, the way I interpret it was that the the um, the perception of impropriety would be greater because they're getting all their money real fast instead of, you know, oh, I've been here 10 years, so that's why I'm a multi-millionaire and okay. being a public servant. Hang on for a sec. Let's talk about this for a minute. So, Bill, what's your comment? Well, um, my wife, she's uh, from the Philippines originally. Uh, we met here, but we've gone back to the Philippines numerous times, and that is actually the main reason. Uh, that is actually a very good uh, point that the congressmen bring up is because in the Philippines there are term limits. So, How long are the terms there? Uh, maybe six years, I think. Okay. Uh, so that's the six, six totals. So you get one term and you're out? I'm, honestly, I don't know what the exact term limit is. Why did you bring it up? 
because because of what I'm about to say next. Okay, good. Go ahead. <laughs> this is how we talk. It's just us. Don't worry. Settle down. Hang on, Joe. We'll get, we'll get back to you. But, Joe, uh, no, it is a good point. And what it is in the Philippines is that because they know they have term limits, so they get very greedy, and they get as much as they can uh, as quickly as they can. But here's, my, but here's my thing. So, basically, they're admitting that they're in there to, to get as much as they can anyway, but the term limit makes them have to do it faster. Correct. My thing is... We, we throw them in on a special jail with uh, child molesters and uh, rapists every time we catch one of them doing it, so they don't do it. You know, I, I work at a bank, and there's not a term limit to work at a bank, right. so that's cool. I can embezzle a little bit here and a little bit there. They're basically admitting that they're going to embezzle money from the United States. From the, it's not from the actual treasury, from the no. trust, yeah. because, because they're taking, they're getting money under the table from lobbies and other things. It's not going to in a campaign. It's in, enriching them. They're basically admitting that when they say, oh, I can't have a term limit because i got to get all my money real quick. No, you're, you're saying you're in there. Okay. Let, me, let me run something by you, Joe, that I, I've been thinking about for a long time, and that is to get all money out of politics. No donations, no donors, no fundraisers, no nothing. And if uh, – but magazines, newspapers, media outlets like, like uh, radio, like us – would have to give a certain amount of time to candidates to air their views, have debates, have propositions, have proposals, and things like that. Now, anybody who wants to advocate on behalf of a politician can spend anything they want. So if the Sierra Club wants to write articles and, and, do, and buy advertising times on behalf of a candidate, they can do as much as they want. Chamber of Commerce can do what they want. Uh, the folks behind the Keystone Pipeline. can do as much as they want. But, beg your pardon? Unions can do as much as Anybody they want. Anybody can, and as long as it's full well, disclosure. That, that's, that, you know. that's, the, that's where it doesn't work. That's, that's the kicker, though. Why? When we say get money out of the politics, because the Democrats have a massive, massive advantage in money because they have the union. They have these unions. Not all the unions. To, the Teamsters have, gone, have endorsed Republicans this occasionally. Is like a, almost, this, is a, this is not normally what they do. Yeah. For the most part, they can always, almost always count on all the union money, and even and in, even you know if, if we're the union and we say hey we're in Pensacola and we're in the union and most of us want to go to the GOP mm-hmm. they'll say no we're deciding where it's going to go and it's going to go to Hillary I mean that that's the problem with that you, when you start trying to I mean I but they can do that now you can get soft money to campaigns now I mean I don't think it really you know matters but, but let me, let me, all it's gonna, go ahead let me uh, I want to finish my my uh, my idea here but go ahead what I think would happen if we passed that law we would basically give the Democrats another weapon to use to prosecute anybody, you know, for who who was a Republican that wasn't giving money to them. Hmm. They always find a way to go out and be aggressive for their tactics. Again, thought. most of these big laws or these politicians, they're not supposed. It's not that you can't catch them red-handed and yeah. and you have the video and all that. It's they're not supposed to do things that even someone would look at and say, you know what? Yeah. Someone could interpret that as being uh, uh, unethical. Let's you need a, a guy on a plane when you're, you're deciding whether or not you're going to prosecute his wife. Yeah, let's but go. they do it anyway. And I'm telling you, if he was a Republican, they would have been prosecuted. Yeah, let's give Bill a chance to answer that. Hang on just a sec, Joe. See, I, I'm actually opposite of you as far as I don't believe in getting money out of politics altogether because then you're only talking about rich people running for office. Because who is going to be able to afford the advertising? Who's going to be able to afford you know, flyers, you know, the average person would no longer be able to run for office because they wouldn't have the money themselves. 
Well, my contention is a little different, and what I wanted to – thanks, Joe, for the call. Um, I wanted to um, explain my theory that you know, people are going to say you can't block money from politicians, you, you can't block any spending because it's free speech. And my contention is if you are spending money on behalf of a, of a politician, you are making an investment in that politician because you expect a return on that investment. You expect some kind of favor in legislation or tax benefit or something else, which is the reason you're making that investment in the first place. And if you're making an investment with the anticipation of a return, you are, inve- you are engaging in commerce and not in free speech. And once you cross that line into commerce, you can be regulated. But isn't that the uh, job of the politician to not go ahead and not action to say, you know, someone... No, who, but keep money all, keep yeah, but, completely out of politics. But if someone wants to donate to me, I'm not going to do them a favor in return. They're going to donate <laughs> to me because they like my... They don't donate. They don't donate to you, though. They donate. They they spend money on behalf of you, but don't not donate to you directly. Let's bring uh, Rick into this. Rick, go ahead. Hey guys, good morning. Great conversation. Of course, I agree with Greg on the term limits. You shorten them up, but guys, let's realize a couple things here. The fact that we're comparing our system uh, to a third world government system shows you how low we've gone. Philippines are third world. Are they considered third world? I think. Oh yeah, kind of still. I mean, I mean, I'm not insulting the yeah. people. Well, let's talk yeah. to the Bill because he's been there. Um, he I mean, might have been there too. I don't know. I mean, it, it still kind of is. It's one of the more thriving uh, Asian countries right now, though. Um, I mean, if you could still consider China semi-third world in a way too. Um, I mean, outside the big cities. So, well, 700 million people in China do not have toilets. So I'd say, yeah, they are substandard. But getting back to what you're saying, without yeah. the term limits, we end up with the average age of a Democratic senator is 78. <laughs> we end up with this, okay? New thoughts I mean, there, yeah. Boy, they're really on top of things, aren't they? <laughs> Thank you. Now, getting back, let's go all the way back to the fine gold McCain Voter Reform Act. Remember that? I do. I forgot the exact provisions, but go ahead, and then we're going to take a break I after this. I started telling everybody... It means the opposite. Whatever the title is, it means the opposite. That bill, McCain-Feingold, gave us the Clinton Foundation, the McCain Trust Fund, which is just like Clinton Foundation, the Carey Trust Fund, just like the Clinton Foundation. So he's right. You eliminate the money. You've got to eliminate lobbying. Okay. Well, wait, wait, now, hold on a second. These are two different issues because I see lobbying as uh, you're trying to influence, but you're not, you're not spending directly. If you're lobbying and donating, that's different. But if you're just lobbying, if someone wants to meet with the representatives on an issue, that's speech. But if you're giving money with an anticipated return, that's commerce, and that's where I'm making the distinction. Is that exactly. bribery? Mm-hmm. It is bribery. <laughs> with, yeah, bribery. They're supposed to meet with their constituents. That's their job to serve the public and right. then leave and go home. Yeah. Now these packs all came about because of the McCain fine gold. They knew what they were doing, and yeah. it's eliminated the vote and plus all the election fraud and so forth. We had eight million illegal votes from dead people on illegals <laughs> in the last election. Yeah. Tell you what, Rick, hang on a sec. We're going to take a quick break. I'm going to put you on hold, and I want to get uh, Bill's response because he's running for office, you know, where he stands on all this. But uh, just stay with right. us. We'll be, we'll be right back. Uh, it's 8.20, uh, the Action Radio Hour with Greg Penglis and Bill Fecky, my guest. Everybody talks, everybody talks, everybody talks. It started with the whisper. Better. Less harmonica, more this. 
823 in the morning. We're going to bring uh, Rick back in the conversation here. But, Rick, hang on just a second because I want to talk sure. to uh, to Bill about campaign finance reform from somebody who's actually engaged in a campaign for county commissioner in Escambia right now. So what's your take on this so far? Um, on the local level, state level is a lot better than federal is my opinion on this. Um, you know, me, I'm very capped on what I can and can't accept. Um, you know, maximum $1,000 per person. Okay. Um, that's as much as I can get. If you have to document this too, right? Oh, it's very documented. How, how's that done? It's all done through the state, through a website, okay. uh, receipts. So if you give me $1,000, I mark it down. So Greg gave me $1,000. If Greg goes Don't out, count on that, by the way. Why I'm not? Because I'm a media guy. Come on, man. I don't do that. <laughs> no, so, and then if you turn around and you Give come, me airtime, dude. <laughs> if, you, if you give me, say you come to my fundraiser and you bring uh, a cake, I can no longer accept that cake from you. Because it gives you $1,000? It'd be over, yeah, because it'd be over $1,000. So there's a cake contingency, huh? Well, there's just, a, it's called in kind, oh, okay. which is like any kind of gifts that, you got to put a, a, a value to it. Okay. Um, now, I'd love to see that at the federal level. Huh. Um, you know, the state level has it already, but if the, at the federal level, I think that would change the game dramatically. Hmm. How would you do that at the federal level? Do, do, do. Um, I would go a little bit higher because it is bigger districts. Yeah. Um, but you don't think we could have a system where there's no money to politicians at all and have people just uh, disclose what they're doing? So like the Sierra Club and uh, Exxon mm-hmm. are both, uh, you know, from a candidate in the Keystone Pipeline District. All right. They could spend as much money as they wanted. You know, to say Sierra Club says this about this candidate mm-hmm. and Exxon says this about that candidate and they don't give any money to the politician, but they're still able to exercise their free speech without having that connection, which is the donor directly to them, even though they're on behalf of them. Yeah, it's not a perfect system, but, you know, but, I'm trying here. But, but it's still, I mean, at the same time, you still have the candidate going to those people saying, hey, can you do this on my behalf? Yeah, I know. It's a fine line. I'm still working on the details. Rick, are you back with us now? Yes, yes. I'm sorry. That's okay. For some reason, whenever I'm talking to you, that other phone gets dropped. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> it's a not, It's not a my end. It's not a plot, okay? <laughs> no, it says you're doing a good job. Well, thank but... you. It's our East German surplus equipment. That's what it is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, with regards to lobbying and, of course, being a county level, let's call it local level, uh-huh. you don't escape it. Let me just get to the lobbying first, which we were talking about before. Sure. I don't know if you're privy to this, but I learned this yesterday, that this so-called health care bill that Paul Ryan handed off to the president was created. And I kept telling everybody, people, wake up. We've been here before. They're not letting anybody read it. You can't write a health care bill to take care of this other bill in 18 days. No, of course not. well, it's stupid well, to rush it. I asked Congressman Gates about that. You know, he's like, well, you know, he, he, he kind of walks his fine line because he wants to support I the know. speaker. But on the <laughs> other hand, you know, he's, he's saying that it would be better to come up with a better bill. And I'm oh, like, well, get the tax stupid. reform thing first. Yeah, go ahead. That's right. Well, here's the deal. Very simple. It was sitting on the shelf. Boehner was given that by the lobbyists. It was more additions to the Obamacare you're hearing now. It would have raised premiums yeah. even further, up to 25%. Basically, it was more bureaucracy. It was written to save Obamacare, and it was to add on us and gobble up more of the economy. Well, I don't trust, so it, I don't trust Ryan at all. So, no, uh, I'm, I'm with you. And yeah, like yeah. I said, it came from Boehner, yep. who Same handed bill? it off to him. Same bill. Go, written by lobbyists. Oh, that's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is why we get lobbyists. Well, that's why I want to have us start writing the legislation. Let's get Bill's take on this. What about Obamacare at the county level? How, how does that uh, affect us? Well, it affects me dramatically. You know, as the owner of a pediatric clinic, okay. um, I also do medical billing. Um, 
you know, it, it affects us dramatically. And I've seen ever since Obamacare has gone into effect, the private, uh, the individual doctor is now forced to go to work for hospitals. And this is the biggest problem. So is, that, is that cutting back the number of practices, private practices it is. out there? Okay. Yeah. And so there's their selection being cut back. Well, and the biggest problem with Obamacare is it's written by hospitals. It's written by insurance companies. Yeah. Hospitals have no interest in keeping private, you know, individual doctors afloat. The, all they do is okay. I all, see how this works now. Yeah, all they do, all they care about is you know they're overpaying for doctors' offices. You know, you see it, it with Sacred Heart here. Uh, yeah. They have bought tons and tons of doctors' offices. They have overpaid. What? Who's bought doctors' offices? Sacred Heart Hospital. The hospital yeah. buying. To, oh, Rick, I'm bringing you in a second. Yeah, oh, Rick, go ahead. What's what's your take on this? Because you're a financial whiz. You're exactly correct. I know this whole system. You're seeing these medical clinics pop, pop up. That Obamacare is discriminatory. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, what no, they go ahead. I like this. this is... They go to try to push the doctor's private practices out of the industry and regions yep. because it's competition and it's better care when they're individual. Now, you knock them out, you buy them out, you bring them in as employees. That's why you find a lot of turnover in these places. Now, here's the other little dirty secret. These medical clinics are where they're dumping all the interns right out of medical school. Correct. And they got to do their okay. two years. So who's going to the medical clinics? The elderly, Medicare, all these. So they're getting subpar. And I'm not attacking doctors. Please don't run out to that. You know, I'm not doing it. What I'm, yeah, the pitchforks and the torches will be outside your door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is this is what they're doing. And then those that... Uh, the elites can afford, they're getting still the cream of the crop. But yeah. you are right, it is destructive, it's not free market um, economics, you are spot on. You, I'm glad you see this. Okay, I'll tell you what I want to do, um, I'm going to have, get, grab a pen, uh, Rick, because I want to get uh, Bill to give some contact information, like an email, sure. like a public one that you can give out over the air. Yeah. And Rick, I'm hoping you'll contact Bill, and I think you'd be a great financial advisor uh, for policies and things like that to help the county out. Go sure. Ahead. My email is bill at com, and my last name is spelled F as in Frank, E as in Edward, T as in Tom, K as in Kite, E as in Edward. So it's bill at com. My website is com. You can also reach me on Facebook, which is... Uh, yeah, I noticed you posted that. I reposted that on our Facebook site, too, yeah. so people can get you that Yeah, way. Bill, bill Fetke uh, for Scambia County Commissioner. And I'm also on Twitter, which is Bill Fetke. Well, that'll give you enough contact information. Do you think, Rick, do yeah. you think you'd be an advisor to Bill? Do you think you could help him out with some policies here? Well, he has to also keep one thing in mind. Don't be naive. Uh -huh. you, just because you're at the local level, don't think that you are isolated from it. You've got a heavy weight on top of your shoulders. It's called state influence. And federal. Well, let's do that. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Let's get, let's get that point first. How does the state influence the county governments here? Well, there's actually a law on uh, going through con uh, the state right now, which I'm very much against. Um, the Repub and I hate it because it's coming from the Republicans, too, is that... Well, they're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know, but, but we're, we're, from it. we're supposed to be the free market, every, keep everything local, but the state... Yeah, right. But the state, you know, they have come out and said that Democrats are taking over local governments, so we have to put a stop to the local government's power. Okay. And so I do, you know, email Frank White, email Clay Ingram. Who are these people? Um, Frank White is the state representative in District 2. Okay. Clay Ingram is the state representative in District 1. Oh, those are our representatives here? They're representatives. I need to get them on the air. Uh, Doug Broxton is your uh, state senator. You need to be contacting these people on a daily basis to okay. say, hey, yeah. let local government do their job. Right. Rick, what do you think? 
<laughs> you know how I feel by now. You should know how I feel. I do, but I want to give yeah. you the opportunity to, to we, we take these points one at a time so uh, people listening can make sense. how they twist their arms and manipulate them. We've got big projects coming in. Yeah. The federal government twisted arms in counties at the school level, giving them money during the recession, depression, and they took the money without even reading the fine print. And now they shove Common Core down their throat. Well, so. let me tell you about the. I, I have a big Let's thing about this. Yeah, yeah I have a big problem with the school board in general. You know, first of all, I, I'm in agreement that the board of education should be gone. Okay. Common Core needs to go away. State and federal yep. boards of, uh, of departments of education. I like to keep it at the local level. Okay. Yeah, and I agree. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. Man. And uh, you know, because right now what you have is our property taxes. Part of it goes to education. It goes to the school board. The school board has to send it to Washington, our money to Washington, D.C., only for the Board of Education to turn around to give our local school board the money back with strings attached. That's insane. It's stupid. Yeah, it shouldn't go there in the first yeah, place. It's yeah. ridiculous. Okay. And then you got Rick Scott, who passed Florida standards. He's the governor, right? He's the governor. Okay. 97% of Florida standards is Common Core. Ugh. So, I mean, you know, where does this stop? You know, that's why, you know, you can't well, even trust the state right here's, now. Here's a theoretical question for both of you. Why do governments or people in general feel that all school kids have to learn exactly the same thing? What's well, the they point? can't. Well, let me finish the question. Yeah. What, what's the, you know, why not have individual schools teaching, you know, different things and, and professors and, and teachers teaching things? You don't all have to have the same knowledge. I think that that dumbs everybody to this exact same level. I don't believe in, in, in those common standards. I would rather see people, I mean, good standards of education, but learning exactly the same thing every student denies all the potential knowledge is out there, except for those things that they're teaching. It's well, crazy. It's not about teaching the exact same things. It's how you teach it. Okay. And, and that's, you know, everyone should learn the same things or write around the same things, but you can't tell me that the same kid in Destin and the kid in, uh, kid in, Warring, in our Warrington area uh-huh. has the same had the same outcome. I mean, you're talking about two different income levels. You know, Destin, Well, income doesn't necessarily determine. Well, it does because you're talking about people who have access to the internet at home. For the schools. Okay. No, we're talking about just for the child. You know, okay. you're talking about income for the child. Uh, a child who lives in Destin, you know, most likely, you know, on average is lives in about two hundred, three hundred thousand dollar home. A kid in Warrington. Which is a lot around here. Yeah, uh, they're underwater. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's beside the point. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> no, you're, you're right. What I'm saying is we have bureaucratic institutionalization, and you find that in the federal workplace. I was in the U.S. Treasury. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. I touched it. And you have to push, motivate, promulgate individualism to get into their potential. I have a brother, he's a genius, he's a doctor. My other older brother, he's a genius, and he takes down any motor, jet motors, diesel, this and that. So it's tapping their potential yep. and letting it blossom. Common Core doesn't do that. Correct. No, because it makes... Well, actually, I should post something I found a while back on the Prussian uh, influence on our education system. This was done back with Horace Mann, goes back to the 1800s, how our, all our professors and people, Ricky might be aware of this or not, I'm not sure, but our, our education system is based on the Prussian military model, where after the wars with Napoleon, the Prussian military decided that the biggest problem was that the officers were thinking for themselves mm-hmm. and not following orders. And so Woodrow they said, Wilson. what's that now? 
Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson. Wilson the, yeah. Okay. So, from pressure. Yeah. yeah. You, okay. So there you go. So it's the same. I'll post the video to our, our Facebook page because it's, it's brilliantly done. But what it says is that our professors and and leaders went over to Prussia to get their doctorates, and they learned this military indoctrination model where the citizen was not to be an individual, which is what we're supposed to be based on, but it's how they're best to serve the state. And so the education system creates citizens to best serve the state, which I think is the basis of our public education now. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need to change. But I'll post this. You take a look. See what you think. But do you know about the Prussian model, Rick? Oh, yes, yes. Go ahead. Uh, my great-great-grandfather actually was a Prussian general, and I don't brag about that. But what are the chances? Look, look at what Woodrow Wilson did to our country, Federal Reserve, yep. and he was also a Income racist. Tax. And can yep. you say Sanger? I mean, all that came from Prussia. Yep. But if you, if you really look at it, though, 1979 is when the Department of Education secretary became part of the um, – presidential uh what do you call it cabinet yeah and that was about cabinet the time yeah that was about the time when schools became very political well i had yeah, pres- jimmy carter affirmative yep. action yep. correct busing all the nonsense to destroy our communities our individualism our free markets it all began in the yeah, 70s yeah. they started hit this hard johnson started it and introduced it and he was an outright and they were all racist all of them. Where gun control comes from, too, is racism. Rick, I've got to let you go because we have to take a break and I have another caller. But uh, I, need some, I need some contact information from you. You can email me at greg at 1330weby.com because I want to send you my rather large 14,000-word uh, article on how to completely revolutionize our education system. Oh, I you, want to read it. You, I know you do. And you'd appreciate it, too. So let me let you go. We're going to take a break. Thanks okay. for calling. Always good to hear from you. Okay? Thanks. Bye-bye. You take care. All right. So it's 837. Let's take our break. This is Greg Penglis with uh, Bill Fecky, my guest today. Eight forty in the morning with my special guest Bill Fecky and a great personal risk. Let's bring Pete onto the show. Pete, go ahead. Hey, gentlemen, thanks for uh, taking my call. Oh, no problem. Uh, thank you, Mr. Bill, for showing up. Uh, you you say you're a libertarian, Republican, or? Yes, I am a Rep- I am a Republican. Uh, I lean liberta- more libertarian though. Uh, do you? I I can't recall his name, but what was the re- the libertarian? A party member that ran for president this time? Gary Johnson. Johnson, that's right, Gary Johnson. I, I never that. liked him. He has always struck me as more Republican than Libertarian. But anyway, yeah, what do you think, that. Pete? Did, did you come to any of the meetings when he was in town here in Pensacola, like at McGuire's? And... Gary Johnson did not come to uh, Pensacola this time. Okay. Who was that that came to Pensacola then? There, there was one of the political candidates. I don't think it was Gary Johnson, because I remember... Remember that one from a while back? He ran a couple times, didn't he? Well, he might. Yeah. Well, um, no, he's never been. As far as I know, he's, he's ran twice now uh, in 12 and 16. And I don't believe he's ever come to uh, Pensacola. The only libertarian. He had a limited budget. I don't think he did a lot yeah, of traveling. He stayed yeah, in the, he was trying to hit a grand slam with every single visit. So There, it, there was one, one guy that came. He had a funny name, like a European name or something. Oh, yes. Um, he w- he w- ran for U.S. Congress. Okay, maybe that was it. Um, I'm trying to rem- Do we have any local libertarians now that you mention it? Yes, we do. Uh, we have the Northwest Florida Libertarian Party. Okay. Um, they're very active. Between, how, do, how do you reach them? Uh, do they have a website? They have a Facebook page. They do have a website. Okay. Um, Pete Bloom, uh, B L O M E, is the contact. Okay. Um, what are they working on? Yeah, uh, I wanted. To, I asked the same question to the gentleman earlier. Once on the radio, and once when they went downtown. One was in uh, Seville, 
Corder, and the other one was in McGuire's. Yeah, yeah let's get let's get bills to talk about what these folks are actually. Well, asking. I mean, I, you know, I'm not part of the uh, Libertarian Party. Uh, okay, I, I was going to ask yeah, you well, about. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of the Republican Liberty Caucus. Yeah, hang okay. on, Pete. Let's get. Yeah, the, the difference. Let's yeah, get, there's a big difference between the two. Because um, he was for total legalization of any kind of drug. And that's, yeah. that's kind of weird. We have to have rules. Yeah, that's why I left the Libertarian Party, yeah. because, you know, one of their, you know, it, it, I could go on, well, there's many different uh, things, but consent. I don't want to bash them on the air. Yeah. Hey, Pete, yeah, age of consent is the big thing right now. Yeah, but, Pete, I'm going I'm to hold you for just a second here. I want to get an answer to this from Bill. But, but the but, uh, Panhandle Liberty Caucus is okay. uh, the Libertarian wing of the Republican Party, uh, but we don't go as far as the libertarians well as far as like you're, you're talking about the age of consent legalize all drugs uh we're just more about open you know free markets you know we well how is that different than the regular republicans so so contrast like the rhinos the conservative republican freedom caucus and the liberty caucus where would you where would you put those we are with groups? the we're in, in line with the freedom caucus okay so Rand paul is kind of our, Rand paul uh massey justin amash those are kind of and our guys what do they stand for you know, like, like I said, you know, free markets, you know, no Obamacare at all. Get rid of Obamacare. So free markets, so no NAFTA? I'm not, I'm not for NAFTA. Okay, so when the president says he wants to have free and fair trade, where would you stand on that? Well, first of all, uh, raising tariffs on Mexico and other countries is not free trade. Okay. Uh, but but are they doing that, or are they raising tariffs on goods from American companies that, that purposely go overseas? Let's say, say in your district. That's okay. still not free so, trade. All right, so let's say in your district, okay, <laughs> and people get you on this uh, as well in a second here, but yeah. there's a company in your district, moves, mm-hmm. takes all these jobs to Mexico, mm-hmm. all right, and then they want to sell goods back to your county, mm-hmm. you know, and the workers are already laid off and fired, and President Trump will say, okay, you can sell goods back in the United States, but because you left the country to get cheap labor, you're not going to have a 30% tariff on your products, good or bad? I think it's bad. Because? Because, first of all, it, it's up to the American people to decide what they want to purchase. Okay. Uh, you saw that with Target. Uh, when Target decided, hey, we're going to do, you know, you could go into any bathroom you want to go into. You know, oh, so this is a different issue. I don't want to get into the bathroom issue. Well, no, I, oh, I don't want to get into it, but it's, I, it's parallel to where you saw Target during Christmas time had a 30% drop in sales. Yeah. And that what would happen, too, is that, you know, it's a... So people voted with their dollars, yeah. Exactly. And okay. that's what the free market does. Supply it, it, and demand. Yeah, Pete, so what do you, what's your take on, on, my, uh, on the tariff issue? Well, some, some people say that tariffs work in the long run, and some people say the, the money gets put back in by the consumer. We definitely have to do something. It used to be an even playing field. You buy a million dollars worth of cars from us, we can buy a million dollars worth of radios from you, okay. quote unquote, but it doesn't work that way. How about, uh, how about freedom, individual freedom of your house? Uh, the Libertarian Party that said it's your castle, your house, you should be able to do anything you want. I said, come on, you can't do that. You can't have a cat house or make adult films in it or, or grow opium in your house. Well, what if, what if you're zoned for commercial operations and those things are legal? Well, some of those things aren't legal, but as long as you're a legal operation, why can't you have a business in your house if it's zoned for it? Well, I mean, like, like he, the Libertarian Party said, it's up to each individual state. Okay, yeah, those you know, are not Libertarian Party. I, I, I'm not Libertarian we're Party. We're confusing this. He's Liberty yeah. Caucus. So we have, okay, that's I'm, why I took the, 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 the pains yeah. to make that distinction. Yeah, because yeah. it is a big distinction. Oh, I know, and I, yeah. and I, do, and I do apologize. That's okay, Pete. I said, but, I'm, I'm going to let you go right now because I want to get to a couple of different issues, uh, and then we have to take a break in a couple of minutes. So one of your big ones, though, is Pensacola Beach traffic and this whole cash lane bridge thing. Let's, let's, let's go with the traffic first, and we'll take the bridge. 
Okay, uh, right now, obviously, it's Cola Beach any weekend. Now it's summertime, or to go watch the Blue Angels knows it's a complete disaster. Um, unfortunately, it is an island. You can't expand. There's really no place, to, any more place to put asphalt. So the only place to go is vertical, which you run into another problem because it is sand. Uh, you're not allowed to bring clay onto the island. So now your structures have to cost twice as much. But what we're, uh, what uh, Grover Robinson, the current commissioner, I mean, and I give hats off to him. I mean, I was at a town hall with him the other day, and it was just, it's amazing the way he, you know, could sit there and just listen to, you know, these people sometimes. Uh, but, you know, you know, the cash lane, they wanted to go away with it. Uh, we stood up, um, the, the citizens against the sun well, pass. Explain the difference. So the sun pass and the cash lane, how does that work for us uh, new residents to the area? Okay. Here? Uh, right now, there's currently three cash lanes and one, and then the sun. There's one designated sun pass lane, and then the sun, sun pass, pass is like a what it, is it? A uh, um, transponder thing. It just records yeah. your deducts from your account. Kind correct. Of thing? Okay. Correct. So you got to have money in advance to, to use. Correct. It. You got to buy the sun pass. You got to okay. put at least ten dollars into it. Okay. Um, my fight when I went in front of the county commissioners uh, after they voted five zero in favor of getting rid of all cash lanes was. You know, my, my clinic. Why do they want to do that? What was the logic? They want everybody on a just, sun pass? Well, just, it's not so much being on a sun pass as much as to speed up the traffic going through the tolls. Hmm. But the problem isn't the tolls. Um, it may be a little bit, but the main problem is is lack of parking. Okay. Uh, so why do people drive? Is there other access to Pensacola Beach besides driving? Next year, the ferries are going to go into service. Okay. How, each, how many each, they ferry, each ferry could carry 120 people. Okay. Uh, I think that would be very good. What I would like to see yeah. is... Uh, the boat taxis. Okay. I, I would love to come up with a system for boat taxis. I think that would be a lot better. Have you proposed this to the, Not the, yet. the commissioners yet? That when you become commissioners, is this something you're going to work on? Oh, immediately. Okay. Immediately. That and, uh, you know, adding additional parking, a parking lot. Uh, we want to add some uh, walkways okay. for people to get from one side to the other. Um, and then was there like a parking garage where the ferry boats are? Or is there a lot of parking there? I and mean, that's where you need it. Well, exactly. And, okay. you know, that part, you know, that's the city part. Okay. You know, and that's not your district? That's, well, no, it wouldn't be my district. Okay. And plus the city has jurisdiction over city. Okay. Um, you know, the island is part of the county. But that would make the most sense, though. If you want to move people out to the Pensacola Beach and it's an island and you have ferry service, you have to have parking where the ferries Correct. Know, dock at the other and, end. And, what it and is, that, what, that's and the where biggest, you need the traffic, yeah, near the freeways yeah. and near the, the, the access. And, and one of the biggest problems right now downtown Pensacola is lack of parking. So now you're going to add a ferry service, which 120 people, so that's at least 60 cars per boat. You need buses. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the Bay Area has this problem all the time, too, and they mm -hmm. have a very good, actually have a very good underused ferry service. Um, but, uh, yeah, yep. the, there's parking in, in Oakland. There's park, a couple of places in Alameda. Uh, there's different towns around Vallejo. You know, just as an example, Napa mm -hmm. places have ferry service, and it's a great way around the Bay. Correct. Um, but... One of the big problems is parking at the ferry terminal, yeah. you know, so that's how that goes. But going back to the toll bridge, uh, we're yeah. looking at... Well, hold on for oh, yeah, okay. Finish the... Okay. No, toll bridge, let's take that after the break. So we okay. have to take one more. So 849, Greg Pangos with Bill Fecky, aspiring Escambia County Commissioner who's running for District 4 in 2018. We'll be back. We're Northwest Florida Talks. We're 1330 WEBY. All right, listen up, maggots, because I have something to say that you might want to hear. It's for every man 18 through 25 years old. Now, you want to live in my United States of America? Then you have got to register with Selective Service. It's a privilege, and it's the law. 
The fact is, you must register before you can qualify for student loans, most federal jobs, or job training. Now, you say you want to be a U.S. citizen? Well, get with the program. You've got to be registered to qualify. Now, Charlie tells me that we need to go online at sss.gov or fill out a selective service registration form at any post office. You did that already? Outstanding! You've earned my respect. Hoorah! Register with Selective Service online at sss.gov or at the post office. It's the law. There we go. 8.53 in the morning, only a little bit of time left with, uh, with Bill Fecky. So if you want to hop on the line, 623-1330, feel free. So we just heard another Selective Service ad. And so my question, my second question of the day, should women have to register for Selective Service as well? And Doug says, yes. So we have, we have a, our first comment on that. So, yeah, interesting. Um, we were talking off the air just briefly about uh, some of, of, uh, of Bill's wrestling stories because you were a professional wrestler yes, uh, for a few years. So talk about that. Then we'll get into the more, more uh, you know, I guess, bureaucratic issues of uh, the cash lanes and the, and the beach and the bridge and things like that. So how did you get into wrestling? Um, I was living in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, and I decided I just Phoenix just wasn't for me. And I happened to meet the Ultimate Warrior. He had a gym out there. Who was that? He was a... <laughs> yeah, look at A-Dog. Exactly. Uh, he was very popular. It, it is a wrestling fan. I told you. <laughs> I knew we were going to listen when we mentioned this. He was one of the few people that actually beat Hulk Hogan for a championship. Really? Yes. The Ultimate Warrior. He was like big, huge. Oh, he was huge. Okay. Yeah, he was huge. Wow. Yeah, he was the, the cartoon figure. He was pretty cool, too. You didn't hear the intro. I told you he was a professional wrestler. <laughs> now I got your attention. So, uh, <laughs> yes, I met him, and I went through a couple training classes, me and this other guy. How do you join professional wrestling? Do you audition? Do you have to beat somebody? What, how does it no, work? No, he did like a one-day show-and-tell type of deal. Okay. And I decided, hey, I like this. Okay. So he goes, well, if you want to do this, you got to move to Memphis. That is the hub of wrestling. So okay. me and this other guy didn't even know. We said, hey, let's go for it. Okay. And within eight months, I made my WWE debut. Okay. And uh, What's WWE stand for? World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. You're killing me. Sorry. <laughs> I have to, all, all but, definitions, but all acronyms at, have to be defined. But, but, but at the time, it was called WWF, which was World so. Wrestling Federation. Okay, so yeah, they, they, dropped, they went back a letter. They took the F out. Okay, fine. Yeah. That's probably a good idea. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, and... Uh, How many spent, levels are we talking about now? Yeah, go ahead. I, I spent most of my time in Memphis. I did a couple... Uh, What's the life of a wrestler like? What do you do? You, like spend all the gym to the to the arena? It's, to... it's not very glamorous. Okay. Um, when you're at the WWE level, maybe it's a little bit more glamorous. Okay. Um, fans. Oh yeah, fans. I okay. mean, it, it was you know we were. We do it right. Yeah, fans. Yeah. Yeah, we were on TV uh, in Memphis. We're the number one rated show um, okay. on, on regular TV. So I'd go to the mall, and sometimes I couldn't get to this the mall. This is your potential future commissioner, folks. Okay. <laughs> I just want to throw that in. So he but, is, you know, you're, he you're normal. Been, he's been around. <laughs> you know, there are shows here. There's shows in Milton. There's shows in Pensacola. I really yeah, tell me where. Where, where are some of the um, wrestlers now? Uh, Adog's loving this. He's like, yeah, you know. I, I know uh, Elite Championship Wrestling. They're one of the big ones in town. Okay. Very famous people live here. You got uh, the Wild Samoans live here. Um, your current Universal Champion Roman Reigns went to Scambia High School. Reigns then, or was he like uh, I'm you sure know, John he Smith? Okay. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the Usos went to Scambia High School. They played for a Scambia football. Wow. Um, 
um, you have. Oh, that's true. That was fair. <laughs> yeah, future wrestlers. Yeah, here's the here's our defensive line. This guy. Well, you, the, the Rock and Bob Marley's son played for University of Miami. Oh wow. As linebackers, side okay. by side. Okay. Uh, you know, you had Paul Bearer before he died. He lived in Navarre. Um, you know, a three minute so, warning. Is it like a website people can find wrestling entertainment around here? You know, honestly, a Facebook is the best way. Just by or either that or just Google wrestling Pensacola or wrestling okay. Milton. Wow. But yeah, Armstrong so, family. But, yeah, the Arms, that was the next one. The Armstrong family's here. Scott oh. Arms, uh, Scott is always on TV. I think on okay. Channel Three. Uh, but right. you know, the life of a local wrestler is you go to work during the day, and right. you go to the gym afterwards, and then you go train or you do a show. Wow, lots of traveling though. Okay. When I was wrestling, I traveled from, I mean, Illinois, Indiana, Kentucky. I mean, you name it, I was there. All right. Now here's here. Let me go to interview your role. Now, how does that prepare you for a job as county commissioner? <laughs> what is with that voice? <laughs> I, I just started just, just, just um, actually it, it does really well because you know okay. the diversity. You know, not everyone loved me. A lot of people hated me. You know, we got so chased out. Criticism. Yeah, but you, but as, as a wrestler, you can beat them up. You can't do that as commissioner. You can't do it with the fans though. That's I mean, true. we had a fan pull a gun on us one night in Osceola, wow. Arkansas. Okay. You know, I can't turn around and beat them. Well, no. I guess I could. I could at that point. But yeah. Uh, but you know, but same thing with county commissioner. You're going to make decisions that people will love or people will hate, okay. and you just have to do the best job you possibly can. Okay. we got a little bit of time left, uh, actually less than a minute, so uh, well, about, you know, yeah. So tell me what you want to uh, let us know for, for your run for Escambia County Commissioner. So well, we're just gearing give, up. Give your spiel. Yeah. Well, we're get, uh, just gearing up right now. Right now, we're in a big fight with the city council. Uh, Pensacola City Council has really done some anti-free market stuff lately. We were able to speak out, and they reversed to where they stopped doing the plumbing, ser- uh, offering plumbing services. 20 seconds. You might want to give some contact. Okay. Uh, my contact information is bill at billfetke.com. That's B-I-L-L-F-E-T-K-E. Uh, you can reach me at Facebook at Bill Fetke for uh, Scambia County Commissioner District 4. Twitter is Bill Radio. Dangerously cool. Yeah, just forget all that contact information. It's not good anymore. He's not running for office. And I don't know if Bill's going to run again, but he was then. But it was an experience. And I heard later about uh, all the doors he had to knock on and all the, the crazy things that happened and all the heat and the exhaustion. I never want to run for office. I couldn't stand uh, all the things you have to do. I don't want to campaign. I certainly don't want to listen to Democrats in a hearing. They would drive me crazy. Um, so there's a lot of things. Uh, fundraising, yep, got no interest in that either. So the very little bit of time um, that you could actually do good work of actual, actual legislation, they don't even write their own legislation anymore. So the things that legislature, legislators are supposed to do, debate, you know, uh, write legislation, you know, serve the people, serve the constituents. They don't even do that anymore. There's all this other stuff they have to do. And so I was listening to uh, Matt Gates on an interview, uh, my congressman, recently talking about, you know, he loves his five minutes. He gets five minutes to talk to uh, these total slime bags and, uh, you know, scuzzy characters that are part of the uh, the illegal uh, Brandon insurrection government that's occupying uh, Washington right now. And he says, as long as I get my five minutes, I'm happy. It's like, well, I'm not. <laughs> First of all, let's try to do a three-hour show. Five minutes is just this just getting started. That's a, that's that's me saying hello. <laughs> it takes me at least five minutes just to say hello. So that's how that works. But uh, no, I have no interest in in, in running for office. Um, the whole reason I started Action Radio is so that I could have far more effects and not run for office. You know, because if we write the laws that uh, that all these people have to uh, 
uh, deal with. It's going to be quite a, well, I don't have to, but uh, hopefully they will. Um, but that's going to be a very different thing. Anyway, it's the end of the week. Uh, I just wanted to do something fun. Uh, we've had such a blowout of a week anyway, especially with Christina Bob. Uh, hopefully there'll be some impact from that. I've, I've followed up with her, you know, got some contact information, got uh, uh, the big idea. In fact, I followed up with a bunch of people on this. The idea of Robert Francis Kennedy uh, and Donald Trump sitting down during at the same time that Fox is hosting their uh, the GOP globalist goober debate. <laughs> so the goobers can debate on Fox, but uh, the real people, the serious candidates, the, the smart ones, uh, Donald Trump and, and Robert Kennedy uh, should be able to take some time uh, and sit down and have a, have a, a logical, um, civilized discussion and just let the differences come out. You know, and they have differences. You know, uh, Robert Kennedy is a Democrat. So as this before, he's going to have more solutions that are going to be from government. Uh, whereas uh, Trump is, is a Republican. He's going to have more, you know, more solutions that come from uh, private sector. Um, that's where there's, the differences are going to be. The similarities are going to be, you know, they still believe in the same things. They don't like foreign wars. They don't like the national debt. Uh, they believe in honesty and integrity in government. Um, they believe in free speech. They believe in the Bill of Rights. They believe in the Second Amendment. Um, and so, uh, you know, they believe in due process. Uh, so they believe basically in the same things. They just have different ways of getting there. Well, it's easy. You know, you can make a decision on that. I think the, that they work together. I think they're going, to, they're going to work together very well. And I talked to Christine about that, about getting these two for uh, a discussion. That would be historic, by the way. Uh, first of all, that it came from us and we got it going. <laughs> Secondly, uh, that it actually happened. And so that would be something fascinating to watch. So we'll know, we'll know soon. We'll know. Um, I was listening to a, Trump was on with Eric Bowling the other day. And he was talking about how he made the decision. He just didn't want to announce it yet. Um, so we shall see. We shall see what happens. But uh, if Christina and some of these other folks start talking and they offer this and they get to Robert Kennedy and, you know, who knows? I mean, it wouldn't, it wouldn't take more than a few phone calls. And they just have to basically, you know, meet in the same place, get the cameras going, and you've got an event. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard to do. It's not like it requires a lot of production. You don't even need a script. You know, in fact, you don't even need a moderator. You just have someone walk up and go, now announcing uh, Donald Trump and Robert Kennedy. Give a brief bio on each one of them and say, okay. Um, you know, pick your issue. Let's go. <laughs> Just let them talk. You know, it would be the most fascinating, I think, political uh, discussion ever because you got two people that the deep state hates. Democrats hate Robert Kennedy. The Republicans hate Robert Trump. Robert Trump. Oh, that was an interesting. <laughs> let me try that again. <laughs> the Democrats hate Robert Kennedy. The Republicans hate Donald Trump. <laughs> How did that come up? This thing about radio. I, I never know when I'm going to say something. Hopefully I won't say something really bad. And go, oops, you know, because we don't edit it. There is there. All right, announcements. What have I got going on? Well, first of all, again, our, our tremendous interview with Christina Bob on Wednesday. So get the Wednesday podcast. You can check that out. There's also the anniversary, three-year anniversary of when Dr. Zelenko was on the show. For those that uh, know Dr. Zelenko or knew him, or for those that know of him, he's the one that wrote President uh, Trump and said, I've got a treatment for, uh, for COVID. Uh, and it is hydroxychloroquine. Uh, vitamin D3, vitamin C, uh, zinc, and azithromycin. And azithromycin is for pneumonia. And pneumonia is, and the bacterial pneumonia is what killed most of the people on the ventilators. Um, and so that's how that went. It looks like I got a live chat. Let me move my thing here. It says, uh, oh, so Marco's leaving. Uh, he's off in a couple of minutes. Uh, <laughs> oh, there we go. So, yeah, you have a nice weekend too, Marco. I'll be back next week. We've got a lot of things going on. And hopefully we'll find out next week if uh, Trump and uh, Kennedy are going to have a chat during the goober debate which is, I think, August 23rd. So we've got a couple of weeks to figure that out. So you care, Marco. Well, want to learn more about the European Union and some of the other things going on over there. So uh, have a great weekend. Uh, Marco's our person who listens in the Netherlands. And he's on live chat. You can go on live chat, too. 
you know, you just have to do it during the show. Live chat's not open uh, unless you are, uh, um, you know, catching us, catching us live. And, and when the show ends, live chat ends too. So anyway, the big interview with Christine and Bob, Dr. Zelenko, huge interview. We did two interviews with him. We actually wrote a bill. It's on uh, writeyourlaws.com. Um, I'm noticing a problem. We're still getting hacks. And so now when I tried posting the bill uh, on Facebook last night, it went to some Amazon site. Uh, so they're, they're trying to uh, reroute or maybe Facebook's doing uh, um, algorithms where they're sending our, our stuff to the wrong place. But if you go to writeyourlaws.com, W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S, writeyourlaws.com, uh, and you've got uh, a search window in the upper right corner and a little magnifying glass so you can put in FDA for the FDA bill or Zelenko and away you go. Two fabulous interviews, um, blogtalkradio.com slash citizen action. You can do the same thing, action radio, comma, Dr. Zelenko uh, up in the up in the top center search window. What else have I got? Oh, <clears throat> the only other news is that I have two lottery tickets here, one uh, for uh, one and a half billion and the other for 145 million. I haven't looked at either one. <laughs> I've been so busy. I've been having such a great week. I haven't checked my lottery ticket, so I'm going to do that. Uh, and the only other thing I want to talk about is I had this idea this uh, this week um, to see if um, I should ask Matt Gates to, to join Action Radio. Uh, he's my congressman. He loves media. He's good at it. He knows a lot of people, including Trump and everybody else, and could probably get a bunch of investors together. I'm convinced he's going to go into media after Congress. So there's no rush. Might be not. Might be next term, term after. I don't know. You know, but at some point it might be interesting uh, to work directly with him um, in terms of uh, having uh, if he if he had an action radio show. Now he could get a show on Newsmax. He could get a show on One American News. He you know he wouldn't do one on Fox. So probably Newsmax is most likely One American News. You know, second choice. Um, I think it should be first choice, but anyway. Uh, but, but he'll still be restricted. There's only so much you can do because those are news shows. You know, they're journalists. They like to report things. We don't like to report things here. We like to do things. And so Matt Gates being a doer, he could actually teach people, you know, uh, how to write bills that, um, you know, and, and the effect of what will happen when they get to Congress. You know, so that would, I don't know, I just think it would be an interesting proposition to see if, uh, you know, my congressman wants to uh, work with us directly. When he's had enough of Congress, I think it'd be kind of quite interesting, you know, quite honestly. Uh, the only other development is for right now. Let um, me get my, my stories up here. Uh, something happened. I'm watching um, Emerald Robinson yesterday. She has a show, um, Something Truth, Absolute Truth. Uh, it's on Frank's Speech, so it's on Mike Lindell's network. Um, and so, so she does the show at 11 o'clock Central, so it'd be noon Eastern time. Anyway, uh, she's on right after uh, Steve Bannon in the War Room. Um, What's interesting that uh, now if you go on TV, you'll get Charlie Kirk. But if you go on uh, frankspeech.com online, you'll get Emerald's show. And so she talked about this, this, uh, this person in Australia um, who uh, – actually, i got a few minutes. I can go over the story right now. This will be the last thing for this week. So this is from the Sydney Morning Herald. I'm going to post this on Facebook after the show. Clive Palmer's $100 million senator reveals his political agenda. This is from July 9th of 2022. So this has been around for a bit. New Victorian Senator Ralph Babbitt will use his time in federal government to fight for two term limits for MPs, those are members of parliament, a bill of rights, and stronger privacy laws, but as opposed to stronger action on climate change. Well, that's because climate change is a waste of time, uh, unless you're a communist. Climate change is just communism. <laughs> that's what it is. Then it says the sole United Australia Party uh, MP, so the United Australia Party MP, member of parliament, to emerge from mining magnate Clive Palmer's $100 million advertising to uh, spend during the recent federal election. Babbitt is a French-speaking pro-immigration real estate agent born in the Indian Ocean nation of Mauritius. 
<clears throat> so he's from Mauritius. Anyway, cool dude. Anyway, it's his interview with The Age. Uh, that's the Melbourne um, newspaper. And the Sydney Morning Herald, that's the Sydney paper. <laughs> 39-year-old UAP senator uh, laid out his priorities. Anyway, says he wants to MPs to serve two terms. He, he says uh, his hero is Ron Paul. He says, we need a Bill of Rights, which encompasses all those things to protect us, uh, not only from foreign tech giants, but to stop governments restricting the ability to assemble in public, freely move about, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Well, we, we've already done that. We did that a year ago. So I'm going to send him our Australian Bill of Individual Rights. So I'm going to talk to him. Babbitt also talked about – what else has he got here? There's another thing here. Somewhere here talks about his vaccine bill. And so he wants to take away indemnity. He wants vaccine manufacturers to be liable. Well, guess what bill I'm going to send him? Our vaccine product liability bill. So that's going to come down there. Um, so he's got the Bill of Rights, the vaccine bill, and there was something else. I'm just kind of scanning through here uh, that he was doing. So, um, yeah, it's a good article. I'll send that to him. Hopefully I can find something more recent uh, on this guy. But he's got possibilities. Anyway, so if he gets our vaccine bill and he gets our Australian Bill of Rights, then things might be very interesting. But it's the vaccine part that caught my attention. That's the part that Emerald uh, Robertson reported on yesterday. <clears throat> and so I guess that bill's moving. And so we'll see uh, where it's going to go in Parliament. Uh, I got a friend in Australia who says this is not going to go anywhere, which is too bad because it should. That's the kind of thing that would be uh, great um, to, to have in Australia um, because that would also put pressure on here because then we can say, oh, wait a minute, Australia did this. You know, what's wrong with you guys here in the United States? Especially since I wrote the bill over two years ago. So we could have had vaccine product liability anytime, but we don't. Uh, anyway, I've only got a couple of minutes left. There's not really much else um, to do. So uh, this week's going to be, uh, next week's going to be interesting. You know, we got the, oh, there's my 90-second warning. We've already got what we talked about, which is the, uh, the FBI basically assassination of a 74-year-old uh, who probably had uh, some mental health issues uh, who threatened, uh, you know, uh, Brandon indirectly. He didn't threaten him directly, but indirectly on some of the social media posts. So the FBI goes in and kills him. So that's the standard now. That's the standard of justice in the United States. If you, uh, if you make a bad social media post that looks in any way threatening, if you put guns and Biden in the same social media post, the FBI comes to your door, uh, breaks it down, and shoots you. Great. Yeah, some system. You know, no, no negotiator, no mental health check, no uh, talking to the neighbors, no, no uh, local law enforcement. The FBI doesn't need any of that stuff. They just go in and, uh, you know, kill you, which is what they did at Ruby Ridge. Uh, that's what they did uh, with Waco. They wiped out an entire community that wanted to be left alone. That would be the Branch Davidians uh, that the local sheriff didn't have a problem with. You know, there were no problems until the FBI and the ATF showed up. And, of course, the ATF called that Operation Showtime because they wanted to look good for their budget. They wanted to show how tough they were. Well, they showed how tough they were. They killed an entire community, and then the government uh, bulldozed them uh, into the ground. And Bill Clinton still walking around a free man, you know, after uh, ordering all that. So, uh, you know, there's, there's precedence for this. So the idea of the FBI, you know, breaking into a 74-year-old house at 6 in the morning and shooting and killing him, that's kind of, you know, standard government. That's what our government does. The fact that they're supporting an illegal administration uh, has seemed to have missed the, the notice of the national media. Uh, certainly not here, though. We know. So we're going to report more on that Monday. We'll have Jonathan on. Uh, he's a legal reporter. And any follow-up that happens over uh, Trump and uh, RFK uh, having a discussion, I'll let you know immediately. Um, so that's it. It's been a good week. It's been fun. It's been great. And so I'm going to play uh, one more time. Let me give you the contact information and then I'll play our closing piece for the, um, and then we'll see you all Monday morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, when we do it all again. 
Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed.